I'm Tyler Theo Dread, more like Theo Dead, Dennering. <laughs> I'm Connery. Ah! <laughs> what part is that? <laughs> That's when Golem screams. Oh, okay. Very good. I'm Cameron. Fall back. <laughs> to cut up. Warg kills everyone. And I'm and I'm Taylor. I cannot jump the distance. You'll have to toss me, McLaughlin. <laughs> yeah. By by your very beard. Yes. Yeah, but it's not physically possible, apparently. <laughs> Actually, according to Reddit science, it is possible. Like I the did. momentum of the toss? Yeah, somebody on Reddit pulled up, or yeah, somebody in an official essay or something pulled up that you could, uh, or proved that you could throw Gimli through <laughs> with the amount of gravity needed. Like, they're like, oh yeah, are you going, what's, what's, I don't know, my Discord keeps booping me. Oh, that's, quit. There, it's gone. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Not Discord. The Discord. Is it the franchise Discord? Uh, yeah, we're really popping off right now <laughs> in the franchise Discord. I'm sending all the messages right now. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron, not while we record. Well, what would our channels be called if we had a Discord? <sighs> like, uh, mm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm My trying to think of the franchise. <laughs> Tyler takes. This um, is good content. <laughs> All the time that Cameron's on there. Yeah. All the times the Cameron's. It's just me in that channel. Yeah, he's <laughs> always on that channel. It's like, hey, you want to play a game or something? <laughs> you want to talk about comics? Yeah, I'll talk about comics. We just have all our guests in different channels so our public <laughs> can, like, bother them. <laughs> Taylor, what channel would you have? The, the, the <laughs> Nolan Ryan Sanctum. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good enough to me. <laughs> Ask me what all the characters in Lord of the Rings and Star Wars are named. That too. <laughs> yeah. What's Chewbacca's cousin's name? I don't know that one. That's not Lobaka. Lo- yeah, no, Lobaka? that's his like his nephew. Oh, oh. see, so I was just wrong. That's who I was trying to. Tee <laughs> it's up just for like you. it's me in a room of three Wikipedias. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, <laughs> it's just me. I just go on Taylor's channels, just hit an echo chamber. Of <laughs> we're not even talking. We're just saying the names of obscure characters. <laughs> Fingal, Glorfingal. <laughs> Anyways, this is truly uh, alienating <laughs> everyone. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to explain that, that somebody scientifically proved that you could toss Gimli mm-hmm. uh, with the power of like 2,747 Newtons, apparently. That's, <laughs> that was their scientific diagram. Newtons. Is that a lot or a little Newtons? I think it's a fair amount. It said that <laughs> air, while it t- requires a lot of effort, especially since he's been battling, it doesn't require superhuman strength. But also <laughs> okay. Aragorn's like incredibly... Strong, anyways. So okay, he could t- toss Gimli. This this whole conversation started when I said I read somewhere on the internet that you can't throw a dwarf because they're too dense, and everyone was confused by what that meant. <laughs> like if they had their own gravity field and stuff. Anyways, we've alienated any normal Lord of the Rings listener by this point by talking about Discord and Gimli physics. Those exist, normal Lord of the Rings fans. <laughs> <laughs> Quote unquote. Yeah. I guess right. Everyone's screaming like Gollum right now. <laughs> <laughs> they all are. But if you can, couldn't tell by now, we're covering The Lord of the Rings, colon, The Two Towers. That's a scary song in the end. Yes. Gollum song. Yes, Gollum song. Lyrics by Fran Walsh, mm. one of the screenwriters and also married to Peter Jackson. Oh, that's nice. They've been yeah, like co- co-writers on things since like for like, I don't know, 10 years before that. Before Lord of the Rings, even. That's amazing. Mm. But, uh, yes, I 
was going to say about our SoundCloud <laughs> description. That's why I brought that up. <laughs> right. Because uh, this title's a little bit shorter in, in amount of letters than The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. And because we had so many guests last time, it didn't fit on our SoundCloud description. <laughs> so we had to shorten it. <laughs> it said a maximum of 100 characters could fit. Mm -hmm. And that's the first time I've ever had to deal with that. So yeah. that's what we get for, I don't know. Being professional. Having friends. You got over yeah. 100 people in this room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> each one is their own four, character. Yeah, four people, but 25 characters <laughs> each. <laughs> Surprise, it's an improv show. Oh, my God. A really, really good one. <laughs> I promise. Give me your best. Uh, who's the little guy who shoots the arrow, Taylor? Aldor? <laughs> yeah, thank you. The guy who you, kills everybody? Do you prefer Aldor or Elon Sleesbagano in terms of obscure characters? I mean, fiction? you got to go with Elon Sleesbagano <laughs> just for the name. He does try to give Obi-Wan death sticks. It's true. Very true. <laughs> I'm slowly dying. <laughs> He's dying, Satine. Back, back from Attack of the Clones podcast episode, Taylor McLaughlin and Cameron Takeda from Godzilla vs. Kong, The Animatrix, Bill and Ted 1? What was the first one? Right? Yeah, he was, was on Bill and Ted 1. one. Yeah. No, he was on Bill first and Ted 1. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, been, uh, it's been a journey. Hasn't it? Including me asking Cameron earlier, hey, did you see Godzilla vs. Kong? <laughs> I saw it with you. <laughs> <laughs> I talked about it with Which you. Which I do with like, a lot of friends, and it's, it makes me look bad every time. <laughs> Just because sometimes the movies are forgettable. <laughs> Yeah, that one. That one's not not good. No, it wasn't. And don't watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> one. One thing I could say we definitely watched together, um, besides the Mummy Three, Tomb of the Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely like. Did we all see yeah. Lord of the Rings in theaters together, or would we? I guess we would just. We just all grew up with it. More so, because like I feel like maybe we all went with our respective families to go see Lord of the Rings, but we've all known each like me, Karen, and Taylor have known each other since elementary school. Yeah, I don't remember. I th think we probably just saw it separately, yeah, but... I think so. Um, I think I remember seeing a Return of the King, like, way out of town <laughs> with uh, my extended family and um, having to go to the bathroom, like, six times during that movie. <laughs> <laughs> because it's very long. Yeah, it's really long. And it wasn't even the extended edition. Wow. I guess I even more so... It's good old age. Even more so, like, watching the movies. It's like playing the games, I guess. Yeah. more. We'll get back to that in a minute, because first we have to do our usual segment of What's New? <laughs> Thank you, Connery. No prob. It's the usual segment where we just talk about any new media we've been consuming. It could be old media, but new to us as well. Mm. So, Connery, do you want to go? I can happily go first if you'd like. Sure. Yeah, it's <laughs> not like it happens sure. every time. Yeah. <laughs> Connery, you do it. Okay. Uh, so, I finished playing God of War Ragnarok. It is uh yay. yay! It's really really great. Um, I don't think it's a game I'll revisit until like do like a new game plus kind of thing. It's really great, but I'm never playing it again. Well, no, well like, I'd want to play it again, but you know I feel like you know I've done everything I wanted to do in it, and uh, I need some time to like you know get some distance from the story because otherwise I'm like oh it's just you know replaying what I just heard, <laughs> and that game is more central. I order about more the story than the gameplay because the gameplay is very similar from God of War One or the God the first God of War remake, whatever it is. <laughs> the second God of War One. The second God of War One. <laughs> is is it long? It, it took me about forty hours to beat. 
So just a bit long. Yeah, it's a bit long. It's not like Assassin's Creed. Uh, so it's not like 90 a ninety hours. Yeah, it's, it's not like a ninety hundred hour game. So I thought it was. It ended right when I was like, okay, I want things to end. And there was like sure lots of like side quest stuff I could be doing, but I was like, I think you did everything. It's like sixty hours, but if you want to just kind of like be at an appropriate level, I played on hard mode, so I was also kind of like, all right, I'm just ready to just like get this over with and finish. Because supposedly I just read on the internet being like, oh, like balanced is like kind of really easy. So like put it on hard. And sure enough, I was like, this is hard, but I'm doing it and I'm like progressing. So that felt good. Whereas I usually never play games on hard mode and I was able to beat that on hard. So I was like, well, I feel a little special for doing that just for a Connery medal. <laughs> Achievement unlocked Connery medal. <laughs> Connery medal. <laughs> But, but yeah, it's like M E T A L because it's all like metal. <laughs> Do you have like a big axe in that game? Because in the original yeah. God of War games, you have the chains of Olympus, which yeah. are like these chainy things that you throw around. Mm, you have the blade, yeah. the, the blades of chaos in this, and you have the axe, so you can kind of switch between the two of them, and you have this cool parry oh. shield. So you still have the chains. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he never loses them; they're gotcha. bound to him for life. And uh, what else? Um, you also get this really cool spear, the Drapnir spear, which is based off the ring that just kind of makes copies of itself. But it's reforged by these dwarves into a spear. And I love that weapon a lot. I immediately, when I found that, I was like, this is so cool. This is the thing I'm using now. <laughs> so there's like dwarves and everything too? Yeah. Like, it's, are there elves? There are elves. Yeah, there are light elves and dark elves. Oh, They're okay. all in uh, Norse mythology. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All, the, all the connections to the, to the movie. Mm-hmm. To, uh, to Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings. Yeah, yeah, Lord of the Rings. Or mm. Thor the Dark World. <laughs> yeah, Thor the Dark World. <laughs> That's what we're doing today, right? I, I didn't see that We're one. revisiting Thor the <laughs> Dark World. But yeah, it's an incredibly inspired, beautiful, powerful game. I got emotional several times throughout it. I was high at one point during the story, and I thought something horrible <laughs> was about to happen, but nothing horrible happened, and I was kind of like, oh man, I thought for sure something really bad was going to happen. <laughs> But I, I remember just having a really, really fun time with it. And again, just amazing, amazing game. I think I think people should just play that God God of War and God of War Ragnarok because they're both incredible. So that's my that's my what's new for this time at least. Nice. Yeah, I've no, been thinking cool. oh, were you gonna say something, Cameron? Oh no, I was just saying, I was just remarking that, that that sounds like a really cool game. <laughs> but, it uh, is. I have only a PC, so I can't play it. Oh, that's right. Shit. It's not for <laughs> You'll PC? be able to get it eventually. Yeah, in like uh, four years or something. Yeah. yeah. On PC. They, they have God of War thing on PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just, I think it wasn't that long that the first oh. one came out. It takes a while mm. to port over. Isn't that yeah. like with Death Stranding they did that too? It took a while. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah. No, I was just thinking earlier, like when we were, uh, I was thinking the other day, Connery, when we were roommates and like mm. you were playing uh, uh, The Last of Us right. and other games like that. And I would o- always be like, uh, you know, like I used to play a lot of games, but like. I was just, my whole head was in, like, movie lands. Mm-hmm. And I was always like, oh, games just aren't as cinematic as movies. And yeah, like, I was really so insulted when you said that to me. I was like, you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's watch Frasier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm just, like, thinking about that. I'm like, wow, I was just a really annoying, like, person in my early 20s. Not at all anymore. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I've, I've stayed friends with you in all your forums. Somehow. So. <laughs> Somehow. Somehow, Tyler has returned. <laughs> um, Have you come around on it? Is that what this is saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that this wasn't going to be my what's new, but yeah, I've been playing <laughs> a lot of Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. So it changed <laughs> oh, me around yeah. on that. Very cinematic games. Uh, Yeah, yeah, even the older ones. It's really, they're trying, like, Kojima's, the creator, Hideo Kojima, or Kojima, mm-hmm. I, I guess it's either way. <laughs> <Chemistry> um, <laughs> 
but he his whole endeavor has always to been to like make those movies as, or those games as mm. cinematic as possible, whatever that may mean. But just like a lot of gr- great visuals and lighting and everything. But even if you have no clue what's going on, in yes. <laughs> even though half the game is <laughs> cutscenes, you yes. still don't know what's going on <laughs> unless you've played six other games. See, but, yeah. I, I forgot that you didn't think they were being as cinematic. I thought you just didn't have a flair for like liking the dramatic video games like you thought they were all kind of like too corny or took themselves too seriously that too but looking back it's there's just a lot of like graphic limitation kind of things where it's like didn't live up to it yet yeah but um yeah i could go on and on but but also (laughs) we have to talk about the two towers at some point (laughs) i feel like this this whole episode will be a little video game heavy yeah but but also how dare you say anything bad about the last of us right i i I never played it so taylor you like the last of us too as well right yes good thank you yes the the first one's still my favorite but the second one is it's breathtaking yeah Yeah. it's great are you excited for the show yeah i mean the the show's gonna be interesting i think um i think hopefully they do a good job with it um i mean what i've heard is they've put have a huge budget on it at least so mm. at least they have the money to do it yeah we'll see how that works though i haven't seen any um, of the clicker design yet for like the real life show so i'm kind of excited to see that yeah not, neither have i yet mm. um but yeah i'm definitely interested in it's it's gonna be interesting to see yeah i mean i never played the games but even it's pedro pascal right yeah 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 and just like him alone i just will watch him in anything basically (laughs) i mean that pretty much means you have to watch everything right now (laughs) yeah he's in everything yeah yeah i mean he's the best part of like wonder woman 84 i think Mm -hmm. like he makes everything better (laughs) i mean that movie yeah yeah he's the best I, i like the first one a lot but the Second one, yeah, is rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and Craig Mazin's the showrunner, like creator of the Last of Us show, and he did the Chernobyl. Oh, show okay. On HBO Max, which okay. I liked a lot. And That's good hands. Wanting to watch again, but it's also just a lot to, <laughs> to process. So <laughs> that, that movie, I uh, the movie. You, s- you see someone uh, affected by radiation, like in real time. So it's kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's not scary. quite real time, but you see them in. in yeah, I don't want to go into detail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great show, just very draining. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, should I just finish my? Li- what's yeah, just new, finish, I guess? finish off with you. Then we'll switch, we'll switch to the boys. Uh, I watched Brain Dead slash. It's also it's also known as Dead Alive. It's one of Peter Jackson's earlier movies. Right. It's a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. Um, set in New Zealand. I like all of his movies, basically. Uh, it's one of the m- most gruesome movies I've ever seen. <laughs> it's not like, it's not like uh, um. What's what's the term like ho- the movie like Hostel and stuff? Right, yeah. Um, it's like a splatter film, but it's not like torture porn, right, or anything. But there's just a lot of dismemberments and then like ooze and goo everywhere. <laughs> yeah, some, something gets killed with a, uh, a lawnmower, right? Yeah, that's kind of like the iconic thing from that yeah. movie is he uh, eventually takes the bottom of a lawnmower and like uses that a shield <laughs> that like is still running and he's like blend blending up all the zombies and everything this so. sounds so familiar i feel like i've seen this with you but maybe i haven't maybe you did because I, yeah. I used to have a dvd back in college mm-hmm. i got it from like amoeba like wh- <laughs> like i just randomly found it yeah and it, uh but then i lost it for a while mm. so it b- kind of sounds like uh evil dead as a yeah. movie mm. yeah it definitely yeah. has like a lot of evil dead vibes and stuff so yeah. if you're ever watching any of that like trilogy i guess i was gonna say i guess especially evil dead 2 or army of darkness they're both pretty goofy i guess <laughs> the first one's a little more serious but it's still goofy <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it, it definitely has those like sam raimi kind of vibes of just like a lot of excess and like silly music and stuff so um 
I think at the time I watched it on Tubi, but I don't think it's there <laughs> anymore. My beloved Tubi can only <laughs> hold on to rights for so long. Tubi. So, <laughs> it's the very thought of Tubi. I'm a Tubi truther. Oh, Tubi truther. <laughs> because, because of you using... What the actual hell? <laughs> yeah, because of you, you talking about Tubi on the podcast before, it actually got me to watch some things occasionally on Tubi. Like what? I, I old don't Chuck remember. Norris movies? No, it was definitely some old movie. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was probably like... Um, uh, like... Uh, what whatever that movie is, is with a- with Alec Guinness and uh, the man from Havana, I think that was on Tubi. <laughs> what is that? It's, it's like an old spy comedy ish oh. movie um, from like the sixties or something. The I read the I read the book. The Road to Havana. Mm. <laughs> I don't think it's called The Road to Havana. No, I uh, like the ro- <laughs> <laughs> with Bing Crosby. Yeah, Bing Crosby and <laughs> Alec Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I watched that movie and check it out. If you like horror movies, it's not even that scary. It's more so just gross. So <laughs> a lot of his early movies are that, um, I'm may watch meet the feebles for <laughs> return yeah. of the King, but maybe not because that one's really, really gruesome. That's the weird Muppets one, right? Yeah. That's yeah. like the, you know, it's like a parody of Muppets, <laughs> but it's very adult. <laughs> so adult. <laughs> yeah. So Cameron, what's new with you? Uh, well, I'll talk about the, um, the good ones first, and then and then the lousy part. <laughs> um, the good ones was that uh, well, first I, I, s- I finally went to the theater like maybe like a month ago or so, nice. and and saw uh, Inuo like an anime movie, mm. which was like the new Masaki Yuasa movie. Uh, that was really good. It was like a rock opera in like medieval Japan kind of thing. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, it was it was really good. Um, is it like Phantom of the Paradise? <laughs> <laughs> um, in some ways, <laughs> and it just being kind of strange. Um, but uh, yeah, that that was really good. Highly recommend that. I won't talk about that. But uh, <laughs> the other thing was that because I knew I was coming over here, I made sure to read Tyler's book finally. That one, Patience by uh, Dan Close. Oh yeah, mm. that was also really good. I just finished it last night, and I was like. Wow, why did I put off on that for a while? Because I really, really, really liked it. Mm. It was a time travel story that didn't make me mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, which is, I guess, yeah, yeah an anomaly. It didn't spend like a million years just trying to explain the physics of time travel. It bothered to try and be consistent most of the time, and the only times it's not, it's surprising in a good way. I really liked that one. I like the Dan Close books usually in general. Mm. Yeah, he uh, he's probably best known for doing Ghost World, mm-hmm. which became mm-hmm. a movie. Um, but uh, yeah, that movie or th- sorry, that book in particular, Patience. Yeah, it's more of like an emotional journey. It's been a while since I've read it, but I remember really liking it. But they don't. Yeah, I I, I think time travel works best when they don't go through all the rules and stuff. It's yeah. just like if you, you can just do it. The, it's the quantum yeah. mechanics, Einstein, Rosendor paradox, <laughs> Rosendorf. <laughs> The you know the Everettian time the uh, Doofenshmirtz syndrome. syndrome. They just like syndrome. (laughs) Yeah, they just usually go to like Wikipedia, look up a bunch of things about quantum mechanics, and then just have the characters say them, and (laughs) it's really annoying. But uh, this this didn't do any of that. (laughs) The guy's just like, I don't know how this stuff works, and I'm like, that's fine. I like that. What's that movie you like a lot called? That's like about time. Is that what it is? Yeah, about time. Do they like go? Like, no, they, they right? never yeah. explain. It's just something that the men in the family can do. Yeah, they literally. So you go into a dark place, you close your eyes, and you think about where you want to be, and then you go there. 
I almost always prefer that kind of time travel. Than yeah, it feels more like magic than physics. Yeah, this mm-hmm. had that idea, but all, and also the story was more about whatever what was going on like at the time that the guy's actually having his story, and not just about like the repercussions in the future, mm. which yeah. I think a lot of the times they just linger too much on like. Oh, if I do this, what's gonna happen in the future? If I do that, what's gonna happen in the future? Oh, I'm yeah. I'm doing this. Uh, you know. That's always really boring to me. Yeah, it's like just mental gymnastics of like and very plotty. Yeah, and it should just be about the characters, really. <laughs> and yeah. and I, I like Back to the Future. It's just the not everything has to be Back to the Future. <laughs> you know, he doesn't have to always be like, oh, am I gonna disappear if I do this? Is this is what's gonna change the future? And it's like nothing. You can't do anything that's gonna break time. You're one person. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, those things were good, but then last night I also watched the Blade of the Forty Seven Ronin. <laughs> uh, that that wasn't good. That was really really bad. Did you find out about that because I tweeted? Yeah, it yeah, you because you know? <laughs> no, because you tweeted. I found what out. Did I even tweet? I was just like, why did they make a sequel to this yeah. movie? Well, because that movie we we watched together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, not in theaters. Not in theaters, to be clear. <laughs> the Keanu Reeves You guys adaptation. have front row tickets to and 47 yeah. Ron and Revengeance or whatever. That movie, and that movie had made me so annoyed. But this one was, you know, it was so different, so removed from the original story that it was like, maybe it won't just make me mad. Maybe, <laughs> I'll just, maybe it'll just be a mediocre movie, which is kind of like what it was. It w- but it was something that you could laugh your way through because it's really, really bad <laughs> in that nice. way. Uh it looks like it's supposed to take place in the future mm-hmm. or something. It's got this kind of cyberpunk aesthetic, but every time they go to the, the airport, it, it, there's just people dressed up like uh, you <laughs> or me. Because they didn't have enough people for background costumes. <laughs> right. Probably. So then there's like half the people, like the, all the main characters are all dressed up like samurai and stuff. <gasps> this is really great part when they like drive up in black SUVs and then like a guy coming out like a samurai lord. And it's the, uh, it's the guy from Iron Chef, like the, <laughs> the host of Iron Chef. And he comes out and it's playing like this, kind of Asian-inspired hip-hop music. <laughs> like, he's such a badass walking into a hotel. And they, like, repeat that same sort of scene, like, five times in the movie. Yeah. That it's like a badass strut. Yeah, yeah, like a badass <laughs> strut where they're like, look, they're in a new uh, building now. Check out this <laughs> building. And then a bunch of ninjas in, like, gray sweatshirts would come out and attack them. <laughs> and then you'd see the same sort of boring-ass combat that you see in any other movie where it's, like, a lot of slow-down, speed-up stuff. Mm, they're like, yeah. it's cool because they slowed it down and sped it up. But it's not. It, mm. It's not good. Honestly, that guy makes me want to watch it a little bit, even though you said it's <laughs> everything you just said and it, it, uh, shows that I shouldn't watch it. But I like that guy. He's in John Wick 3, Mark DeCascos. Right. But yeah, he's mainly from Iron Chef, right? Yeah. yeah that's. I mean, that's the only thing I really know him from. Yeah. Or um, what most people know him from, at least. Yeah. yeah uh, I mean, the movie is something you, you can get a laugh at. So, uh, you know, if you want to, like, laugh at something that is kind of bad... <laughs> Oh, and then there's that one. There's one part where a character calls another one of the other characters Cho Chang, which I was like, this seems not okay. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like really weird. It is thing. not okay. <laughs> He's like, stop that, Cho Chang. It's like, uh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah right. To well, Harry Potter, the well, only yeah, Asian the, the, character in Harry Potter. Right, and they're like all Asian anyway. Uh, but I was just like, <laughs> what, what? I was just kind of like, what is this? It it, it just. It's just so strange in that way. And then ha- I just don't even understand why they decide to make it a sequel to the 47 Ronin movie with Keanu Reeves. It, it has like nothing it to do been with like it, really. It could have been a separate IP entirely. Yeah. And then there's, like, some villain who can use magic, like, Naruto style with his hands. <laughs> um, but he's just, like, some guy who's just like, I'm the villain here. I'm going to get this sword. I'm going to get this sword. You're, I'm a witch. It's... <laughs> 
I, I was like, I don't even know if I've seen this guy anywhere else, but he seemed really strange as the villain. It, it just was strange. Get That's ready like, for my Razing gun. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Every time they just turn around, he's there, and he's just like going. <laughs> is that a is that on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah, I think okay. it's like a Netflix original. Because is that Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon sequel too? That's oh, supposed yeah. to be not very good. <laughs> and I'm just like, why did they make it? But I'm like, hmm. At least we can cover Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon sometime. Money on the is why they made it. Money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and on the Wikipedia, it said that they'd make a, a third one of these, so it could be your next. It could be your next franchise to yeah. cover. Oh, what do like, do? It's like Ryan Hasegawa always wants us to do cover, to cover Tremors, <laughs> but there's like nine Tremors. Yeah, yeah. Oh my and God. then there's the show. There's uh, a show too. Yeah, the, yeah, they had a show. And Did I'm just like, shows? and I'm just like, I, you know, I'm happy to watch like three Tremors, but like, there's probably so many that are just not. Yeah, you can fun. only watch the Kevin Bacon Tremors. And yeah, none that don't feature Kevin Bacon. Yeah. I like that idea. At least the other guy. No, because there's like, I think just the first one has Kevin Bacon, and then there's like three with the other guy in it, okay. like the oh, other really? main character. Uh-huh. But then the only character that's in like nine of them is like the fourth sheriff guy or whatever. <laughs> oh he carries it through all of the other movies. I thought Kevin Bacon was in at least one of the other ones. Uh, he might be in the sequel and the second one or third one. I could be wrong, but because I, I know I've seen at least two of them. <laughs> Let us know, listeners, if you know which movies Kevin Bacon's in. Well, then I'm not looking it up. <laughs> you can find out the the Bacon number that yeah. way. Yeah, there you go. How many degrees of separation from the Tremors franchise is <laughs> Kevin Bacon? <laughs> Enough. Uh, Taylor, what's new with you? Um, mostly been doing th- stuff that's kept me away from media, but uh, recently finished uh, Detroit Become Human. Oh, uh, nice. Um, you know, I really enjoyed that. It's good story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously there's controversy around it with David Cage, David or Cage but, you know, it's still a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that game is basically, uh, it's from the same people who made that, uh, Again. What's that game called? <laughs> Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain, yeah. thank you. <laughs> the one they started playing not too long ago, and it was really hard for me to like draw something architecturally <laughs> that you have to do in the beginning. It's yeah. like the very, and I'm like, that's something you don't have to do. <laughs> you really don't hard. have to do that. <laughs> it's like, how would you describe those kinds of games? Visual like, novels. Yeah, they're kind of like a point-and-click adventure game, but yeah, it's kind of it's kind of very similar to in. Um, it's kind of similar to like the old Telltale games, yeah. like all of those. Yeah, it's a lot story um, based mo- mainly. Yeah, yeah, just you know, good stories, not a ton of gameplay, but you know, pretty well written. Yeah. Um, but Detroit Become Humans like that kind of game, but it's about androids. Yeah, it's about you know AI an- or what? yeah, it's about androids becoming okay. sentient, um, and kind of you know the differences between them and the humans, like you know, androids taking over humans' jobs. Stuff like that, but then you know humans start being violent against androids, and the androids start becoming sentient. So stuff like that, you know, it it tackles a lot of like themes that are a lot you know deeper than a lot of games would normally do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. Nice. Did you like it better than the Will Smith movie I Robot? Um. Yes, I did. Oh, I was about um, to say, don't although, say yes. Al- although I do enjoy I Robot. <laughs> Say yes, it's our favorite movie Zombie. here. <laughs> Besides that, you and McGregor led uh, animated movie Robots. <laughs> Isn't Robin Williams in that or something? Yeah, he is. Hmm. All right, it's also an AI. Yeah. yeah, and Bicentennial Man. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't know why my brain is doing this. Uh, because it's you. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> 
Um, anyway, Detroit Become Human <laughs> yeah, really yeah, loved it. Ahead. Detroit yeah. Become Human really loved it. Um, other than that, the other the other thing media wise I've seen recently mm-hmm. was um, I did see Wakanda Forever. Nice. Um, and that I thought it was re- really good. I thought they did a good job um, transitioning from you know Chadwick Boseman um, over to the new, the newer Black Panther, the newer and you know while still keeping his legacy there. Nice. Um, Very good play hiding the spoiler in the end too. Yeah. Very good job. Yeah, I would have totally just said it. (laughs) Anyways, Martin Freeman's the new Black Panther. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Bilbo's the new Black Panther? What? Bilbo's the new Black Panther. (laughs) (laughs) We've only gone backwards. Everyone's staring at him. Gosh, that was Um, bad. Uh, I want to see that movie because of Namor as well. Like all that stuff seems really cool. All the uh, at, well, it's not Atlantis though, right? I mean, Namor is no, it's he's not. Uh, yeah, Aquaman. I forget what it's even. <laughs> I forget yeah. what it's called. It's Underwater France, <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah, I mean N- N- Namor was Namor was pretty pretty well done. I think mm-hmm. um, it's like it's good introduction to the character. I think it's gonna be interesting to see where they take him in the future. You know, ninety-five years of the MCU. Um, <laughs> so. Oh, right, because he's supposed to be older when they find him and stuff. Right? Yeah, so he yeah. can be in the past and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'll it'll be interesting to see where they go with some of those characters. Um, you know, that's al- always what I like about that's the to me one of the best things about the MCU is just the continuity of the characters, seeing where they go. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, maybe he's doing nothing like the alternate Captain America. <laughs> that is that is a possibility. <laughs> Captain America didn't help anyone. Yeah. I don't think I will. <laughs> <laughs> Someone just gets hit by a bus because he's just standing there. I don't think I it's will. Like Spider-Man too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he just eats his pizza and walks away. Yeah, he just shrugs. <laughs> what can I do about it? I just have superpowers. Uh, are you playing? Did you play Detroit: Become Human on uh, PS5? Yeah, or? yeah. I, okay. um, I mean, PS4 game, but on the PS5. Yeah. Sick. Um, those loading times exactly (laughs) way way better there's honestly games i've been holding out on getting because i'm like yeah this will probably be better on a ps5 which i will get in like four to five years from now (laughs) when the ps6 is out (laughs) (laughs) what's happening is my dog doing something evil no niles is just niles is in the in the recording studio as always our assistant as always diligently working Mm -hmm. uh but he is snoring while working right now (laughs) taking a snooze (laughs) yeah he's snoozing well that's better than him screaming at us i suppose i'm not complaining (laughs) (laughs) was that it was that taylor that's all good yeah that's it for me all right tight that's good stuff oh yeah you know who else is snoozing Who? I don't know. Treebeard. Treebeard. Yeah, there it is. There it Good. Is. I was Thank like, you, there's Karen. very little sleep in this. Thank you. That was way better than I could ever think of. <laughs> Takes them a very long time to think, much like myself. <laughs> I am an ent. We all are deep down. Deeply Our roots rooted. are deep. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I was like deeply rooted uh, to the world. <laughs> all right. This episode is about the two towers mm-hmm. uh, the lor- of the Lord of the Rings variety. Good movie. Agreed? Yes, yes, of course. Okay, let's go home. <laughs> um, Good, 30-minute episode. <laughs> shorter than the movie. <laughs> Way shorter. We Much watched shorter. the extended edition. We did. Through yeah. a fault of mine, we were going to start originally at 11, but I had a family 
brunch thing, so uh, we start at two. There are you and your entire family. I know, right? <laughs> Didn't they know we had a three hour and fifty five minute movie to watch? <laughs> yeah. But what about second brunch? What we about did have second, second brunch <laughs> called Panda Express. Yeah. And it was delicious. It was. Um, yeah, I don't know. This movie came out in two thousand three, mm-hmm. uh, and it's never left our lives since. I don't know. I, or no, no, it came out in 2002. Wow. I ruined all of 20 it. 20-year anniversary. 20-year anniversary. Wow. That's why we're covering it right now. Is it the extended edition that came out in 2003? <laughs> sure, yeah. That's <laughs> technically still correct. Now, um, you know, we wanted to cover The Lord of the Rings because we've wanted to in general. Yeah. Uh, we talked about this last episode, too. But mm-hmm. Rings of Power show are out. It show is out. The Rings of Power are also out mm-hmm. <laughs> on full display. Um. Connor, I'd love for you to watch some of it at least, so we could talk about it. I know. I'm. Point, I'm sorry. I, I will. I will watch it. No, that's fine. I'm just putting you on blast <laughs> for everyone to hear. You got to <laughs> read the Silmarillion too. Yeah. I, I Connor, don't. Want, I'm not doing that Connor, at all. I really want you to read the Silmarillion, and if you listen to the audiobook, it's cheating. <laughs> well, you can read. To, you can read the new, the Fall of Numenor, the newly released Fall of Numenor. <laughs> okay. It's not really a new book. It's just the same thing, but it's been edited to be a new story for you. What? Right, it uh, they they just keep re-releasing parts of the Silmarillion because it's all hard to read. That's kind of nice. Cut actually. up into every other books. So it's how big is a Silmarillion like, and it's like entirety. Taylor, how yeah, long? Taylor, is it? you just read not, it. It's not that long. It's like you know four or five hundred pages. It's really not that long. So the Fall yeah. of Numenor is like what, like a hundred page book it, or it's something? It's probably like two hundred or three hundred pages. I think yeah. it also consists of some other unreleased material. Yeah, it's it's basically they just material. keep pulling as much as they can together. That's like. Similar things yeah. in the in Middle Earth, like the, um, yeah. and putting them in a, into a, their own books. Yeah, then they kind of elaborate a little bit more. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Did you have a good time reading the Silmarillion? I had an interesting time reading the Silmarillion. Um, I mean, it's a it's a good book. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's just like anything from back then. It's sometimes harder to get through. It's you know, it just takes a while because it's old English. It's very drawn out and hard to get through at points. It's like a lot of lore and names and stuff. Too. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like, it's the same thing when I read the Lord of the Rings books. Yeah. I love the Lord of the Rings books, and I love the character of Tom Bombadil, <laughs> but I don't need to I don't need to he- hear about him for, like, five chapters. Are you sure about that? <laughs> Are you sure? I mean, I'm pretty sure. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. I have a copy, and I still haven't read it because it just, like, seems very dense, but I do need to get around to it. Maybe when we cover the Hobbit movies, I'll have finally read The Silmarillion. Cut, very to two, <laughs> cut to two years from now. I have not read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very daunting. Like, yeah. I, I don't blame you. It's a very intimidating thing. But, I mean, y- this is all after the fact, though. I would say, like, we should talk about where where we all met Lord of the Rings in our lives. <laughs> Where'd you guys meet Lord of the Rings? Two yeah. Towers. <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> Taylor, did you Taylor read the books beforehand and stuff? Or was it the movies that got you? Um, I think if I remember, I think it was the movies that started me on Lord of the Rings. But I read the books pretty much immediately after I saw the movie in the movies in theaters. Yeah. Um. So I think I was we were what like nine years old, ten at the time, somewhere in there. Mm. Yeah. Um. I think even younger. Yeah. Yeah, eight or nine. Somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, I saw saw the movie. Went saw Fellowship of the Ring with my family, and then after that, you know, it was I love the movie and have ever since. Um. So, you know, just I've read the books multiple times now, even though they are slog to get through at times. (laughs) 
Yeah. Did you uh, did you ever get the action figures and stuff? Last time when you were on Attack of the Clones, I think you talked about all your Star Wars action. Yeah. Figures so um, for Lord of the Rings, I never really got any action figures. Um, there were a couple things I got um, back when Lord of the back when Fellowship originally came out. There was like a big they did like the Burger King promotions. <laughs> so I almost forgot about they, that. they have like a entire circle of all the characters <laughs> awesome. with the one ring in the middle. Oh so we uh, like my parents, you actually had times where they would go to the Burger King and ask if they could buy a specific figure. Cause we were missing like one figure and they, they were like, we don't care about the food. We'll just buy the f- figure for the full price of the, you know, the meal meal and just give it to us. Um, that's funny. So I did. I did eventually get the full the full thing. Um, so I still have that. I'm looking up now. There's actually there's like plastic goblets that they sold too. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I want, actually yeah. want to order one on eBay. There's one that's just Aragorn's face. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I like that's that. Fun. But but does it have like cadmium paint? Yeah, probably like the uh, Garfield cup. Yeah, like the Garfield that cup. you own. Yeah, that I own. But I don't drink out of it because I don't want that Anymore. cadmium poisoning. Y- yeah, yeah, I think you drank out of it the most, so. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you are the way you are? That explains a lot of things. <laughs> explains why I have this podcast. <laughs> Something's missing in my brain. Um, so it was the movies and then the books. Yeah, movies, and books. And then games, I um, guess, right? Yeah, and games. You know, yeah. I um, played, I mean, Lord of the Rings has made some great video games over the years, especially... They've probably made the best movie to video game adaptations with the Two Towers and Return of the King games. Yeah, and Peter Jackson was really um, involved, much like the the King Kong movie video game too. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Yeah. And th- they were, I mean, th- they're great games that still hold up to this day as games that w- are very playable and enjoyable. Yeah, you even played Lord of the Rings online, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I played. You know, spent some some time playing that. Um, and that that one's fun too. That one's based on the books a, lo- a lot more. You know, you get in depth on, you get to see like the whole world, so that's cool. Um, and then outside of video games, I also played the miniatures game. Oh right, um, yeah. So the Middle Earth strategy battle game. It's basically it's similar to Warhammer. It's actually made by the same company, Games oh. Workshop. Um, and. You know, it's it's a really it's an enjoyable game. I still have fun. You know, every now and then I'll paint the paint my old miniatures. Um, so yeah, a, a, a lot of Lord of the Rings stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think they even had trading cards too. I feel like I bought a pack at some point. Oh, without a doubt, they had to have some some kind of trading cards. Yeah, actually, I actually that too. I actually still have some of those. The um, they were made by Decipher Games. There was the Lord of the Rings trading card game. Um, Th- and those were based on the movies, so like the actual images on the cards were the actual people the from the movies. Yeah, because yeah. I remember they had a Harry Potter trading card game too, but it was like all illustrated, which yeah. was kind of cool. But then I also wanted to see like the actors yeah. be in the in the trading cards. So they were like based cool. off like the book art, weren't right. they? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So needless to say, for anyone that wasn't uh, that isn't aware of how big Lord of the Rings was when it came out, uh, it had merchandise of all sorts and varieties. Something I kind of miss with newer franchises even though it's all just big capitalism <laughs> money <laughs> like, i just can't not get excited about all the stuff that came out like i always like i love like with phantom menace how much merch there was from like even taco bell and like burger king or whatever especially all that jar jar stuff yes <laughs> yeah and 
Jar Jar, Jar inflatable chair. Jar Jar coin bank. <laughs> Jar Jar coin. Is that real? Dancing Jar Jar. Dancing Jar. Hey, did you ever get that to work? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's actually still in the box right now. Oh, that no. conversation went from, is that real, to, hey, did you ever get that to work? <laughs> it takes, like, so si- it's it takes like 16 batteries. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That oh, just yeah. sounds I, I inappropriate. Gave it, I gave it to Taylor for like Christmas like a few years ago. I got it off of eBay. I don't, so I don't know if it really works. The, the seller said it worked. Okay. But then up to, like, just to attack the clones, there's, like, way less merch. So there's, like, a very specific window, I feel like, for franchises that they just had, like, it was everywhere. The, the Jar Jar window. Yeah, the, that's, the yeah, they call that the Jar Jar window. <laughs> Jar Jar broke the merchandising rights. Uh, they call that the Odogunga bubble. <laughs> Odogunga bubble. Okay. Coined. But uh, I guess all, all the Lord of the Rings, like, the merch just kept going and going. But Cameron, what's your personal experience? I feel like it's... Uh, I, I feel like, yeah, yeah. Um, well, definitely I remember <laughs> with meeting Taylor that he had all the Lord of the Rings stuff and Star Wars stuff. So I was like, yeah. that was really cool that he had all the, the figurines before he got me into Warhammer instead. Mm-hmm. Um, when I saw the movies for Lord of the Rings when I was a kid, I think I was kind of a little lukewarm on them in general. Uh, I did keep seeing them, but, uh, I just like wasn't a big, uh, live action <laughs> movie person for yeah. a long time i only really enjoyed cartoons for a really long time <laughs> i still kind of am a little bit like that if lily's listening to this this is uh <laughs> further proof of why i like cartoon network and stuff so much because cameron and i have been friends since third grade yeah so all we would watch basically is cartoon network <laughs> and some nickelodeon and anime i guess and stuff so. formed his taste yeah so then i think i engaged a lot more with um the games um because the games were really fun rent them from blockbuster yeah. um a lot of them, like, again, mentioned the Return of the King game, which rented that, like, a bunch of times and bought it. All A bunch of you guys had it. Friends, other friends had it. It was just, like, that game was always really fun in co-op. And, uh, you know, it was just, like, a good game. In fact, of course, we, we all played that on, on uh, our YouTube thing. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Connor. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I was on that episode. Yeah. On the movie game mashup. I love that. I, w- yeah. I wish you guys kept doing that because I had so much fun. I wanted to be on every episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember you saying that. <laughs> and uh, I mean, like playing that compared to playing so many other games, it's like that game felt like a lot of fun, even though we were using an emulator and it got a little buggy on occasion. <laughs> yeah. um, like it's not nearly as buggy as a lot of the other games and it's still like a lot of fun. Uh, so many other games are just really janky and messed up. True. Yeah, I remember really liking the Two Towers game when it came out, but the only downside was that it was single player. Uh-huh. Mm. And then Return of the King, like, not everything about it I liked as much, but the, just the fact that you could play with another friend as, like, the Fellowship. Yeah. And it, you you could be uh, start off as, like, Aragorn, Gandalf, Legolas, or Gimli, but then the farther you went in, the more players you could unlock and stuff. Well, yeah, and you had to play each little mini campaign as... Yeah whomever first and then then but then later once you beat it you could play as anyone you wanted which was a lot more fun to go back as gandalf and blast everyone with (laughs) magic magic (laughs) bolts which is pretty fun and like really replayable it's like i remember just playing that game so much that you hit the top level or whatever it's like level 20 or something and maybe higher and just being like pippin in his like gondor armor (laughs) and just like being super powerful (laughs) destroying everyone as pippin yeah just a lot of stuff like that was a lot of fun yeah, so it's like playing those games and then like Lord of the Rings adjacent games, which made me like the world of Lord of the Rings a lot more, kind of more than I was liking the movies for a while until I went back and watched the extended editions. And then I was like, mm. I like these a lot better now. 
Not um, to mention Battle for Middle Earth, getting yeah. to run over, run <laughs> oh, over everybody yeah. with cavalry. Yeah, <laughs> those games are really good too. They're like uh, real time strategy. You build like an army and stuff. It, it's basically the story of Lord of the Rings, but you're commanding all the armies, and that was really addicting. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And, uh, and run over orcs with horses. Right. I feel like yes. while you guys were doing that, I was just playing Age Mythology <laughs> over and over and over oh, yeah, again. I was, I was playing that too, I, except I was really just losing at it all the time. <laughs> I play on easy mode. I just wanted to crush them and make <laughs> well, giant monsters. I, yeah, I used the, the cheat codes to summon like laser bears. No, yeah, I remember <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, oh my god! Oh Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So Jesus Canada. Christ! Oh <laughs> my god! I just got this like giant mind flash. <laughs> I had like the collector's edition box thing of that too because Same. I thought it was cool. I still remember some of the like Warcraft cheat codes. Oh yeah. I was just trying to think right now. Uh, if greed I is good. Or <laughs> Kaiser Soze. Yeah, Kaiser Soze I'm trying to one. think of uh, there was a bunch of Sims cheat codes too, but oh yeah, that <laughs> I was I can't remember. Yeah, now. <laughs> some sort of like give me money, give me <laughs> money, <laughs> give me money, one thousand. Yeah, just spam it over and over and over. Lily probably knows. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but with the games too is playing Warcraft three, also with y- with you oh, guys. Oh yeah, and playing Helms Deep, uh, <laughs> like the custom map. That yeah. was a lot of fun to to play. Um. Even though it was much more fun to just mess around and it was always really buggy. <laughs> yeah, for Warcraft 3, uh, there was like a normal game of like, you know, you play as the characters and mm-hmm. the story and everything, normal campaign. But online on Battle.net, you can, p- uh, players made their own games and stuff with it, basically. So it's like yeah. all this like IP list, like no rights, basically. But people <laughs> would just make like, here's the, uh, and it's Sultan Helm's Deep Right, game. there were a lot of Lord of the Rings themed yeah. ones. I mean, because... Warcraft 3 sort of Lord of the Rings adjacent. Yeah, there's one that's like, here's the movie Troy, but in this video <laughs> game, yeah. all the skins and, 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 and stuff. The, well, yeah, the Troy one was just like uh, a, just a copy of the, the Helm's, Helm's Deep yeah. map, <laughs> but they added in the guy saying Imhotep for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And just changed the name of it. Imhotep. <laughs> that uh, sounds like a, a very like, necessary thing. I mean, like, what's old? Troy is literally just a walled <laughs> off city, right? <laughs> yeah. Basically. yeah. It's just like that kind of gameplay that was. Yeah, you, you either played the as the Trojans or, or the Greeks. Right. And if you were the Greeks, you just like you had heroes, but you mostly just made troops to try and attack, and it was just the same for Helm's Deep. If you played as the orcs, you yeah. just like made troops, whereas yeah. everyone else played as like heroes. Oh, okay, that's and you cool. Had to build like battering ramps, get in the front, and like yeah. the big uh, bomb guy to to blow up the other <laughs> yeah. side and everything. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. It was just extremely immersive in a way that was very interesting because it wasn't official IP or anything, but it made you feel like you're just in Helm's Deep playing it with all your friends and stuff, even though it was really goofy and stupid. But it's like, yeah, I'm Gimli. I can, like, throw little axes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. You were Gimli, but your character model was, like, a gyrocopter or yeah. something <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's something what? that really? wasn't Gimli at all. Yeah. yeah, you know, just, like, whatever was the like, closest thing. Uh, maybe it was, like, a the dwarf rifleman from Warcraft 3, yeah, but or instead or they, or like, <laughs> bugged it out so it looked like he had an axe. Yeah, or, or the skin was just, like, d- pulled over the model. So yeah. Oh, my weird. God. Yeah. Legolas was probably, like, a high elf archer. Probably <laughs> yeah. a lady. <laughs> probably a lady. So, basically, we got Lord of the Rings where we could get it, because that's mm. how much we're all into it, especially the games, I guess. I knew this episode would generally be, like, video game heavy, because we played all those games, like, to death, basically. Mm. Yeah, and, I, and I didn't read any of the books. I, I read yeah. the, the Hobbit, like, this past year. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, I, I remember I the Lord of the Rings books. I got a copy of The Hobbit when I was, like, 12, and then never read it. I remember my sister got, like, the trilogy of Lord of the Rings books mm-hmm. in, like, one big book. And then, like, I don't know if she ever really <laughs> read it. She <laughs> just, I think she got to the part with Shadow Facts and then stopped reading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. my parents gave me, like, a uh, The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, like, box. But I just nev- never read it. And then I 
probably gave it away at some point, and then I rebought The Hobbit. The same thing happened it. to me with Narnia. I feel like while like, you guys are in Lord of the Rings, I was forced to be in Narnia, and a place <laughs> yes. I really actively did not want to be in. Forced by Nerd's Rope to be <laughs> in Narnia. Forced by my mother and my Christian school upbringing to be in Narnia. <laughs> I also had like that 12-book box set yeah, or whatever. Same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so boring. <laughs> I remember kind of liking it, and I read like... Uh, I mean, the line of which in the wardrobe. That and, one's fun, uh, at least. The yeah, l- last movie. battle, the one with, like, the unicorn on the mm-hmm. cover. Yeah. I remember thinking that was cool, and then I didn't read any more. Yeah, there's the silver chair, and it was one of the most excruciating experience <laughs> I ever had reading a book. I mean, the title doesn't sound super exciting. It's supposed to be this, like, evil torture chair. It's supposed to be, like, it sounds interesting when I, I do, like, a short pitch of it. Like, the prince is, like, possessed by this, like, evil chair or something <laughs> like that. So it sounds interesting, but I remember being so bored reading it. And yeah. maybe it's the fact that young Kari actively did not enjoy reading. And so I was just like, I don't want to do this at all. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. We'll cover the Chronicles of Narnia at some point. Good. I think believe that was on my short list. Like, we have to do the yeah. Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> we were originally going to do a lot sooner, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's not More super relevant. <laughs> the Santa right Claus now. took its place or something like that. <laughs> Much <laughs> like Tim Allen often does. How, how many movies did they make? Uh, I think three. I think no, they did three or four. If Alyssa's listening, she'll correct us because she yeah. likes she likes the Narnia movies a lot, but mm. um, or at least some of the actors in it. Yes. There was they were supposed to do a fourth or fifth one, and then they just never did. Yeah, <laughs> I did hear rumors of that because they were yeah. trying to like cast a new Prince Caspian or something, right? Yeah, Liam Hemsworth as Prince Caspian. <laughs> Anyways, we were talking <laughs> about video games. You know what else looks like and feels like a video game? Gandalf dive bombing the Balrog oh, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, that's to start off this movie. Literally the coolest thing. <laughs> it's so metal and it's so crazed. Yeah. It's yeah. beyond anything he's ever been seen doing in Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, or the Hobbit. Or the yeah. Hobbit. Yeah, he's just like, oh, it's yeah, like, oh, upside he's down. Just, he's yeah. gonna upside down fight this demon from the bottom of the mountain right to the top. It's super heavy metal. I lo- I honestly love the beginning of this movie. Like, it's the first movie. You know, it's Gladriel narrating the events of of the war before and mm-hmm. just explaining the world and everything. And this one, I'm like, oh yeah, like someone's gonna talk, right? Mm-hmm. I guess I haven't seen this movie in like a year, so I just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but it's there's no dialogue, anything. It's just atmospheric, like seeing mountains and stuff. And, and then you just hear the echoes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just eventually goes over to Moria and mm-hmm. to the. It's just a flashback event of him of slipping. So the Balrog caught him because he was too cocky or <laughs> just whatever. And then they have a super anime fight. Uh, <laughs> To the bottom of most bottom reaches to the top of a mountain and everything. So, mm. uh, so good thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> it thoughts. It's amazing. It's fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean that that fight that fight is awesome. Um, I was actually watching the special features for this movie a couple you know a couple days ago, um, and the, it was it was originally done. There was like a drawing by John Howe, who was one of like the two main artists on the movie. Him oh. and Alan Lee. Um, and it looked like exactly like the final thing ended up being with, you know, Gandalf right on top of the Balrog, just hitting him with his sword over <laughs> and over again. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Peter Jackson just liked it that much that he, you know, brought it into the movie. Um, and like a lot of that, fi- a lot of that was actually had, they had to do a lot of it with CGI mm-hmm. with Gandalf because actually getting him to hit the Balrog over and over again was a little problematic. Yeah. Um, well, they had to summon the Belrog first. That's yeah, all, like, exactly. But so, <laughs> yeah, it, it's really it's really cool. It was really cool seeing how that scene came to be. Yeah, and I feel like this is definitely an era in huge budget like Hollywood filmmaking where um, storyboarding was really like intense. Like it's, like the Wachowskis would 
like diligently storyboard everything in the Matrix movies. Um, I guess to an extent, uh, the Star Wars movies as well. But I just remember like seeing a lot of behind the scenes stuff of movies because these were like those movie the, the the biggest movies, the early two thousands. So that's therefore we would get like the DVDs of them, like the beginning of the DVD era and Blu rays and stuff, where they have all these special features, audio commentaries and behind the scenes stuff and. That's where I first learned about storyboarding and and just how much like you show the image of the storyboard to what's actually in the movie and like how direct of a parallel that is. It's like the same exact thing and like pulling that off. And I, I know there's still storyboarding is a big thing and filmmaking still. And maybe it's like the lack of behind the scenes stuff that we see as much anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like when they put out packages for like move, movie rentals and like buying movies, it's there's not as much content. Yeah, and they you usually it. always have the special features, and now I feel right. like streaming area we don't get to see that as much. Yeah, it yeah. feels like there's not as much of that. Like those directors, it's basically like kind of like the early '70s or like the, just the '70s in general, like the like making of like the first blockbusters where it's just like kids in a candy shop kind of thing, but they're like very serious about it because they're like the new up and comers, kind of like the Wachowskis and like Peter Jackson in this instance because this was his first big movie. Is like I was talking about mm-hmm. using like old like splatter movies and like really gory like uh campy stuff before this that were good that was really good besides like heavenly creatures is his first dramatic real dramatic movie and i don't know this movie's just so huge so it just feels like someone just put so much effort and energy into every single shot basically Mm -hmm. is what i'm trying to say and Mm -hmm. it's just there's so much effort put in and i guess like even like the helm's deep sequence like the studio was really like wanted to shut it down and everything because it was getting too expensive and he just huh. like was able to finish shooting it because he just never went and talked to them and just kept <laughs> avoiding them because <laughs> that was the only way oh. he could get it done because they knew if he talked to them they would shut it down you know there's no negotiating really so i, I always feel like that. the lord of the rings movies are like the ultimate example of like just teamwork it seems like everybody yeah. on like that whole team is just firing on all cylinders all the time and just like producing like the most best thing they can possibly make like everybody yeah, and at least for me, watching it this time, um, having just watched Fellowship of the Ring, it's like, oh, Fe- Fellowship like looks so so good, like mm-hmm. everything feels so workmanlike, and I feel like even in this movie, there's a little bit more CG happening, and they're shooting this more with like Return of the King at the same time. Yeah, so it feels more of like a package kind of thing, mm-hmm. where it feels less of an individual movie, and I guess it's tough because it's like the middle sequence. Yes, but. Um, the same time you can just there's just so many moving pieces and so many urukai and everything <laughs> it's just like yeah there's so much teamwork involved it just has become a little bit more digitized by this point mm-hmm. in, in the mm-hmm. franchise but i don't know what's your favorite urukai line <laughs> man flesh <laughs> man flesh got to love man flesh looks like meat's back on the menu boys <laughs> boys <laughs> I, boys <laughs> boys <laughs> I so uh, I like it's not an orkai, but it's the orcas. He took a little tumble off the cliff. <laughs> we're at the point where, where the orcs are getting like the orcs the orkai are getting these like one liners that are really good. Yeah, and to yeah. me, it all leads up to my favorite orc of all time, which is the general orc in Return of the King, which I will talk about emphatically and ecstatically <laughs> yeah. in the next episode. But Gothmog, Gothmog, Gothmog is his name. You, That's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor knows all the important orc names. <laughs> The, that guy though, the he took a little tumble off the cliff. He has a name though, doesn't he? Yeah, his name's Sharku. Sharku, you said it to me three times now, and it hasn't <laughs> stuck in my head. It's all good. <laughs> the Wargmaster guy. Yep. Yeah. 
Word Master General. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Word Master that General. went through my head at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's another thing too, where it's like the franchise is expanding and stuff, so it feels like, hey, let's like beef up some of these like one like Fellowship feels a lot more serious in some ways in mm-hmm. this movie. Like, there's nothing in Fellowship that will make you think that Legolas is about to skateboard on his shield. No. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, the right. tone's a little different, a little goofier. I would say it's, like, it. Fellowship has, like, moments of comedy, and then Two Towers is kind of deathly serious, I would argue. So you need these moments of, like, yeah. camp or silliness, like Legolas sliding on his shield, the orcs being some, some kind of comedic relief, or cutting to Merry and Pippin every now and then to balance out, like, the overwhelming dark of that's like yeah. happening throughout this. Get an Urukai getting chopped right in the dick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Part is that? Gimli <laughs> chops him like right in the dick, and he yeah. goes, "Ooh." Yeah. When uh, when Legolas says like, "Oh, I'm at 19," the Gimli gets so mad that he like <laughs> s- slams the orc in the dick. Yeah. He just does that characteristic like crotch grab, like "Ooh." Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that stuff's really good. I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm definitely yeah. not complaining. But this movie, like, there's something very dramatic and intense about fellowship of the ring emotionally like i mm-hmm. feel like that's the mm-hmm. most emotional movie of the trilogy for me yeah and like there are lighthearted moments but it's because like they're bonding yeah and that like their family and now you know the family's broken up but now mm-hmm. they can still have like the fun in games or whatever yeah exactly there's just a lot of uh yeah it's just goofiness also fun fact about fellowship it's the only time that Legolas ever talks to Frodo in any of the three movies. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's yeah. At the end of Return of the King, he just looks at him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why he's kind of like, uh, you're Frodo, Your right? <laughs> Samwise? Mary? <laughs> no. A real fellowship, uh, huh? A real fellowship, a real family. But, um, yeah, it's not that goofy, but it's definitely more. Like, this movie feels like a big, epic, like, for the whole family kind of movie mm-hmm. blockbuster than the first one does. Like, the first one even seems a little scary, even though there's scary moments in this, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, when they fall in the swamp and everything. But yeah. yeah. It's just like, I don't know, Helm's Deep is just like such a crowd pleaser kind of thing. Oh, it's so cool. Literally, I always tear up. You guys were talking, and I was just like, avidly just staring at the screen where like Gandalf comes and like the whole Rahiri and like reinforcements there. And I'm, I always think that part is just so. Oh, yeah. It's so good and it's so cool. And. I don't know. Like, I think you were saying, Tyler, you think he's a poor, like, what, not, what's his name? Um, Theoden's a, po- a poor leader. And I'm like, well, he kind of is. He's very preoccupied with his own people and protecting them. And so much so that he follows himself into, like, a trap with no way out. Yeah. But then also he's like, oh, we've lost. Yeah. And then he has this, like, resignation of, like, well, we're all going to die. This is the end. And, of course, Aragorn's the hero, so he has to pull his ass out. He's like this reflection of Aragorn and helps him kind of, yeah. like, step up to be a king worthy of worthy of leading all of men and he even helps theoden rise up so by like return of the king he is a worthy leader and like a better man for knowing aragorn right for it's five like, minutes yeah it's like that that the common fault of man because it's like that same thing with boromir and mm-hmm. the first movie it's yeah. and clearly with with denethor too yeah <laughs> that you know that everyone is just concerned about their their own mm-hmm. thing and that's that's what's supposed to i think make make aragorn different of course that's what he's always like oh i'm afraid of that yeah the humans are extremely Republican in the beginning of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Not to make it too political, but just like, we only care about ourselves, you know? Yeah, he's a very isolationist. <laughs> yes. They've been dissed by elves and <laughs> they dwarves. <killed> Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> he's gone. Taylor lost it. 
They're very pre-World War II well, America. Is that yes. And the, the elves are that way, too. You yeah. know? They're like, we're, we're done with all this. The dwarves apparently were like that, too. Everyone's in their hidey holes. Yeah. It's not yeah. a really like a united Middle Earth. So when Sauron comes along, everybody, he kind of can target everyone individually because nobody's a united front in any way, shape, or form. And that's why they could bring in all those World War II parallels and stuff <laughs> <Yes>. like that. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, these people weren't really united, but now you got this real big bad, mm -hmm. and now everyone can unite. When Sauron grew that mustache, that's when we knew we had to stop it. <laughs> Hitler, Tyler. When he grew that mustache and then cut most of it down, yeah. shaved most of it. Um, uh, no, I never, you know, I've seen this movie so many times and I never put that together that mm -hmm. Theoden's a great, like, dramatic foil for Aragorn and mm -hmm. teaches Aragorn how to be a better leader, mm -hmm. not by being a good leader, but by kind doing of the failing. opposite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Aragorn has to step in a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but he's still, what's so great about Aragorn is that he, I mean, obviously cares about humans and humanity or mankind or whatever, the, like, the men of the West, whatever mm -hmm. the, like, race of people is called. But he also, like, is friends with the elves and dwarves and everybody else and, like, knows that everybody needs to work together to reunite, like, the whole of Middle-earth. He's a true blue yeah. unifying force. Yeah. Right, mm -hmm. which is why, like, right when he's just like, oh, you're not the king of uh, Rohan. Yeah. Right? And so, but but then so he's like, yeah, right, I'll, I'll go with whatever you're doing then. Mm -hmm. Because he's not going to... He's, like, join him into leading. Things, yeah. yeah. Right? He has to just be a leader by not leading by being by following the yeah. king of, of rohan yeah and i mean one of the best things about i think about aragorn in the movie trilogy is like the biggest one of the biggest changes they made is in the books he's like actually he wants to be king he you know is mm. look like hey yeah i'm the king of i'm the king of gondor <laughs> wow <laughs> i'm the king. that's so much more of an I'm, asshole i'm the heir I'm the, I'm the heir to the throne you know it's all me so he's a bit more pompous in the books or uh -huh. you know in this he's a much more reluctant leader um who obviously you know the entire time you see those leadership qualities cuz he's still the you know even though you never see them in the movies um, he's a leader. He's still the leader of the Dunedain. Mm. Um, so he still has been a leader, but he, he's very reluctant to become the King because, you know, because of his lineage. Mm. Um, so I, I like how it takes a lot of interactions with the different characters to kind of push him down that yeah. path. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's also, yeah, they have more backstory stuff with Aragorn where it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, like I have like, you know, I'm in love with an elf and that's like, maybe not cool with everybody <laughs> kind of thing. Like they, they have like a little bit of more backstory and like reluctance on his part to build up that stuff. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. you said, so it's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah, it's it's good. good. MVP. <laughs> MVP. Um, Samwise's speech also makes me oh. very emotional, oh, of yeah. course. I think Alyssa Wise touched on it last episode. But and how she has a tattoo of the entire thing. <laughs> Not the entire thing. She says the sun will shine out all brighter. When she said that, I was like, you have like a paragraph on your body somewhere then. <laughs> but no, I was like, I, I love that speech so much. It literally made me be like, I have to find some way to incorporate this into my life in some in some way, shape, or form because <laughs> it's it's so damn good. Is that in the book or is that just made for the movies? Uh, I don't remember. I, I have a feeling it's probably just a speech that was made for the movies. Yeah, it's so I'm pretty good. sure it is. Yeah, it's such but a yeah, good it's speech. It's fantastic. That I feel like 
this movie in general is kind of a slow burn, especially compared to the first and third movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, where there's a lot of s- character work going on, especially with Frodo and, and Gollum and Smeagol. And Faramir set up, too. Because I yeah. check out so hard oh, when they're oh, w- yeah. captured by Faramir. It's like, I find that part really kind of a slog. And, and it's like, boring. I like that actor, and I want to like Faramir a lot, but mm-hmm. he's... There's just something about him that's like, yeah, you, you're not, you're no Boromir. Yeah, like, he does a really you're, good you're job. You're just like Denethor. You're yeah. just, <laughs> just like Denethor. <laughs> he does a really good job at like being that bro- younger brother who's like not sure of himself and like Boromir was the best. But it's just yeah. like, if Faramir did get, there's that whole extended sequence that's like cut from the theatrical cut where it's like, oh, if if Faramir got sent instead of Boromir to the Fellowship, some like they might all still be together. Or, I, at least that's how I read it. Or he'd be so obsessed with trying to prove his worth that he would tear it apart a whole lot sooner. I don't think... What do you guys think? I mean, if you had a dad like Denethor, you'd be pretty effed up, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm just saying, what if Faramir was the Fellowship instead of Boromir? Do you yeah. think it would have gone any better? I think he would have been a little less likely to succumb to the ring, honestly. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think he's more pure at heart than Boromir was. Like, I think Boromir was always a good man, but he was, because of the way his, you know, his dad always was like, hey, you're the best son, you're the best. He always had that, you know, kind of, yeah, I'm awesome kind of thing about him. And a lot of responsibility. Yeah, whereas Faramir, Faramir, on the other hand, you know, he's always been looked down on by his father. So (laughs) For not a lot of (laughs) explained reasons. Exactly. Some wizard's pupil! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean... I, I do I do think it could have potentially gone a little better with Faramir. Um but I mean the ring corrupted pretty much all would corrupt any man after a time. So mm-hmm. yeah. What do you think, Cameron? Well, yeah, I mean so I mean during this small amount of time that he was near the ring, he he wasn't as corrupted by it as like Boromir becomes almost instant. <laughs> Boromir's yeah. instantly like you know, um, give but, me that. Uh, <laughs> but of give course, yeah, just like what was mentioned, Boromir, you know, has this intense love for Gondor. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And like very nationalistic. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, sees, sees that as, as a saving, saving grace for, for Gondor. So in that way, like he wants the power more, but then, mm-hmm. yeah, it is hard to say how Faramir would want the power, not, not to save Gondor, but just to uh, appease his dad. Yeah. Appease look, his father. Look at me, dad. Like, look, I brought back the ring. Like, yeah. Imagine the worth of being like, you just think this is just some item, and it's, it's powerful. And if you're able to bring that back home, he could be like, this could change the entire dynamic. I could not only be respected by my people, I could be respected by my father, who's never shown me any love whatsoever my entire life. Yeah. And the amount of emotional abuse he's suffered, I fully think he would have taken it from Frodo entirely, yeah. like, he been almost by sn- the get-go. Sneaky and, like, actually been become evil. Yeah. I think that the fact that he's not corrupted by the ring that moment is like good because he doesn't know frodo that well and he kind of makes that kind of turn of the tide moment to be like okay no you you have you can go versus i don't know what would happen if he was actually at the meeting and actually had like the yeah. the active like responsibility there i think he would have fully maybe not even like waited till the fellow i think he would try to just steal it in the dead of night somehow <laughs> i mean if yeah. it was boromir there at osgiliath instead of faramir Boromir definitely would have not forfeited his own life to to let them go. No, never. Like, give me that ring. Yeah. All right. See ya. Yeah. So I was like, there's nobility in him, but I also see the extent for great treachery in other ways. 
Yeah, I can see that. I get mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's like anybody could yeah. be corrupted by the ring. So yeah, mm-hmm. there's either way of it. But yeah, Faramir's story in these movies, he's definitely like a character that you could almost cut out, I feel. Yeah. I guess he's still important in that he interacts with Frodo and he has more stuff to do in Return of the King and mm-hmm. like yeah. has to do with Denethor. So it's like so I guess to cut out Faramir would have to be to cut out Denethor. So they yeah. are important, I guess. And why would you ever do that? Denethor is so much fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he makes Pippins sing and eats tomatoes. And he has some amazing lines um, that aren't in the re- the regular cut in the movie, like against the power that has risen in the east, there is no victory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Just like for Faramir's whole arc is just like really interesting in the backgrounds yeah. in that it's like doesn't draw your attention. So it's like good as a subplot, but it's not super compelling, but it does make you think about it. I think if you've seen these movies a bunch of times and how he ends up with uh, Eowyn mm-hmm. and she ends up becoming like the leader of Rohan. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, oh, there's like uh, peace there, like bringing the two, like Rohan and Gondor together. But yeah. then also like, I don't know, his path is just so different and not traditionally heroic. Like Boromir mm-hmm. is just a mm-hmm. traditionally heroic, like man of the West or whatever. And Faramir is more like, very hearted but quiet and i don't know in the video games he used the sword in a, in a bow equally which is <laughs> like i don't know why he I'm hasn't that, chosen like a specific skill tree to go by he's like not as good yeah. at both of those things he's like a well-rounded individual yeah he multi-classed <laughs> i mean I, again th- these are always the things that do make me want to read parts of the book and go well you know what what is going on in there what you know what was the whole idea for for faramir in this way yeah so i mean it's been a couple years since i've read the book um i mean faramir in a lot of the book is in this is the same way he's you know kind of in the background um he's you know important to a degree but he's not you know pivotal to the actual storyline of the characters yeah um you know the main thing is just you know he's his own character you know, he has his own minor storyline, and there's things that are important to him, but he doesn't really affect the gr- overall plot that much. Yeah. Mm. If yeah, it feels very like like a character in Tolkien, where it's like, I mean, I haven't read much of his stuff, but it seems like the way he builds, fleshes out like the world, it's like, oh yes, this guy, he's the son of the steward. Like this makes sense. Like in the lineage tree, mm-hmm. okay, I'm also telling a story about it, but like the fact of like telling the family tree and like its importance to Gondor feels like equally important as to like what the theme of that story is, I guess he just needs to put someone there also, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but that's what it feels like to me. <laughs> well, it's just like, you know, it's like trying to think of the, uh, where is there some sort of mythological parallel with these kinds of characters? Cause you know, there's, I mean, not, not the same, but like with, with the, trojan war right there's yeah. there's hector in paris mm-hmm. right hector the the good son who is the the greatest of all trojan warriors and mm-hmm. really to succeed the king and he's really great you know and the iliad you're supposed to think he's like really awesome even though he gets killed <laughs> um and then paris who's like supposed to be good from the beginning but he's sent the way and then supposed to have good judgment, but he doesn't. Yeah. He has really bad judgment. Yeah, he's, he's um, kind of, like, actively not, <laughs> not Yeah, good. and then constantly resorts to, like, being, you know, kind of estranged to, to be, you know, if, if there's any sort of villain of that, right? It's just, it's Paris. Yeah, like, he's a bit of a trickster. Right. Um, he, you know, he, and he constantly loses, right? <laughs> yeah. To the point where, he, you know, his, his brother's like, well, I got to, you know, 
I'm your brother, so I'll defend you and everything. But like, won't you just give up? Yeah, like, please stop. <laughs> like, your your city is gonna fall because of you. He's like, no, I'm not gonna do it. It's also yeah. like Helen is mine. <laughs> what, like Greek myth and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, like there's heroes, but they're not like moral heroes. They're just like, yeah. I'm the big strong guy. <laughs> yeah, well, but he- Hector's like the moral hero too. He's right. like, all, he's all good in all the ways, even though he's on the the enemy side from the people who are telling the story. Did you guys ever read Song of Achilles? I didn't, but I've, I've been meaning to. It's really, really good. good. I, I loved it. The audiobook is especially really the, great. The love story between Achilles and Patroclus. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Does one of them call the other... Does anybody call anybody in that book a sack of wine? <laughs> no one calls in the book a sack of wine, unfortunately. Uh, what about fleet-footed <laughs> Achilles? <laughs> yes, I feel like he's yeah, called got, fleet-footed gotta at Gotta have point. a lot of fleet-footed Achilles if you're yeah, gonna I have d- any Iliad <laughs> spinoff. Yeah, so I feel like he is referenced as being fleet-footed at one point, by ah, Patroclus yes. even. <laughs> ah, yes, fleet-footed Achilles. You really are fleet-footed, fleet-footed Achilles. <laughs> so fleet-footed. <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, so there's got to be mythic storytelling. Yeah, and I mean, I know there's something that like Tolkien was trying to like s- steer a little bit away from the classics and move mm. towards like mythologies for for England and drawing from like Germanic mythologies. So it's like I I'm, I don't know those nearly as well, yeah. but I imagine there's a lot of there's probably a lot of other brothers and like royal families where this this stuff could go on. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, even within like the gods, right between like. Loki and, and, and yeah. Thor and all all them just like brothers who who are like n- outshone by other brothers mm-hmm. and, and treated badly by their fathers and, and just constant yeah. families like competition and like striving to be better than the other. Yeah, so I mean, I wonder like how much that had an effect and how much he was trying to avoid like directly. Yeah, you know, using some of those things and how much he was trying to be like. Yeah, I want to directly list some of this. It those. reminds me of an episode of Frasier when you're saying it's about a about a. <laughs> Thank a, you. Yeah, no problem. About a, they meet this like famous writer who hasn't like written anything in years and years, and he's come out with this new manuscript, and the dads be- befriended him. Funny enough, because he's more you know kind of like a dude, a guy's guy mm-hmm. than like Frasier and Niles expected. But at one point, he leaves his new manuscript behind. This new thing he's been writing. And Frasier and Niles read it like, oh my god, it's like the, the greatest thing I've ever read I in my life. This. Yeah, <laughs> and this yeah, and then the. The guy says, well, he finds out he's a little mad. He's like, all right, well, what did you guys think? You're the first to read it other than my other, my editor and me. What did you think? They're like, well, it's like, it's great. It's like, it's kind of like, I thought it was genius. Like you kind of mirrored Dante's Inferno throughout the thing. He's like, oh, yeah. And, and he goes, oh, my God. I just, it's just Dante's <laughs> yeah. Inferno. And he freaks out. And he just throws <laughs> it into the streets. He's like, I never should have written anything. I'm just a fucking washed up hack. <laughs> and so it kind of reminds me of that. Someone like wanting yeah. to like actively steer away from something so like well known. <laughs> Isn't and the being insulted when somebody like mentions like, "Hey, this is like that." Well, right. That I mean, that's like fantasy, just works in general. And Lord of the Rings, yes, right. It's like, how much do you want it to be just like Lord of the Rings, and how much do you yeah. want to like not have it be just like Lord of the Rings, it's, and then half the time it yeah. just is, is Lord, Lord of the, the Rings. Rings. It's like all media, all art, even I guess. Like, but yeah, it's everything is a copy of a copy of a copy, not. It's just in varying degrees of how similar it is. Mm-hmm. Most things aren't yeah. plagiarism, but yeah, everything yeah. is influenced by everything. So it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, I don't want to make it too Lord of the Rings. It's like Tolkien's like, oh, I don't want to make it too this. <laughs> and then whoever wrote Beowulf's like, oh, I don't want it to be too, uh, I don't know, this guy from 200 AD or whatever. <laughs> I don't want it to be too, like, Harfinger. I don't yeah. want it to be Harfinger. Too Harfinger. Or the Odyssey. <laughs> I don't want to be. I don't want it to be too much like Dilbert. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I could imagine they don't want it to be like Dilbert. Nobody wants want it to be like. Dilbert. Nobody wants it to be like Dilbert, except for Cameron. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> that, was, um, that was good. Yeah. Another thing that's like, I'm just thinking of this now, but just like, what's so, like, I would say Tolkien, like, even though writing all of the Lord of, oh my God, all of the Lord of the Rings books and like having more books slowly come out is that I would think that he would say that his, like, Middle Earth's not finished. Like, he wrote yeah, all the yeah. lore of the Silmarillion and everything. But, like, especially of the Easterlings and, like, the Horror Dream and, like, the Men of the East and everything, especially all that stuff is really not fleshed out. And it's, like, he would need, like, another lifetime to, like, talk about all that stuff. So it's, like, at the same time, the rights are so tough. Like, you can't really add stories to Middle Earth. Mm -hmm. And he worked from west to east, which, you know, he's, is like, inherently problematic. And he's, like, a man of his time and everything. But yeah. It's it's leaves the world in that place where they're just kind of, like, mysterious and, like, the world's not finished. It yeah. makes me actively wish it was kind of, like, that free copyright thing of someone being, like, okay, well, now we can, like, kind of, like, fill that space out and kind of, like, maybe write some wrongs or, like, that kind of vibe and really just what does the East look like and maybe not make it just so monstrous, like, oh, no, they're all evil. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like some of the video game. well, now I guess they had the Amazon show, too, right? They're, yeah. They're, they're kind of doing that kind of stuff, oh, okay. right? Yeah, they're questioning a little bit, like, what the, the door, or, sorry, what the uh, wizards are and stuff okay. like that. Little, little tiny pieces. That show feels kind of like a prequel to the first season of the show. Interesting. In a lot of ways that they're building up so much stuff. Okay. But it's still interesting. Some of it's not as interesting. I mean, Taylor, <laughs> you watched it. You, could you speak about Rings of Power a little bit, like your, your, your thoughts on it? Yeah, so, I mean, they, um, I think Rings of Power, you know, be because of licensing things, I think they do change yeah. a lot of stuff from, like, the way the Cimmerillion set stuff up. Um, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good thus far. Um, you know, I don't think it's as good as the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still think it's quality addition to Middle Earth. I don't want to say canon because it's technically non-canon. I mean, technically the movies are as well, because mm. um, the books are the only thing that are 100% canon. There's the book. What canon, about ethos? The cinematic canon. <laughs> what? What about like, the Middle Earth ethos? <laughs> what about the, the, the cereal? <laughs> the I don't know. Um, What's the canon ingredients of Aowen soup? Is the hobby um, video terrible, game? terrible, and really terrible? <laughs> What's that mush in it? Um, I don't know, but it looks awful. It looks like know, overdone shrimp or lobster yeah, or something. It does yeah. look like overdone lobster. Yeah. It's probably supposed to be some sort of dumpling. No dumpling. Yeah, probably. Sort of dumpling. Aragorn would rather burn his entire hand than drink it. He breaks um, his foot. He burns his hand. But also saying like, yeah, the Rings of Power show. I yeah, I, I think it's pretty well done, but not. And then it's like saying it's like oh it's not as good as the movies it's like it's still better than like Attack of the Clones to <laughs> Empire Strikes Back I guess you know like that's a weird comparison or Do would you, you disagree does it <laughs> does it contribute as much as like you feel like the Clone Wars TV show did to like yeah. the kind of canon of the series like yeah, that kind of comparison um yeah I mean I I think I think I'm I'm hoping it gets to that point so mm -hmm. the Clone Wars TV show to Star Wars was basically like the very beginning of it started out really rough yeah um i mean it started out with that clone wars movie that tyler cameron <laughs> and i actually saw in theaters yeah. together yeah. um yeah. like to think that it went from that to how good is it it, it actually ended up being for the show mm -hmm. like the final story arc of the clone wars tv series the siege of mandalore is just as good as anything star wars has ever put out in my opinion mm. um it's every minute of that story arc is fantastic okay um so I think Rings of Power still has a bit of ways to go to get there, but I think they're setting it up for it to expand further. Um, 
Yeah, it definitely feels like a show that I want to see when there's like three seasons out already. Because it just feels like so expensive that I hope that they keep putting seasons out. And I'm worried that like the story won't be over before they finish it because it's so prohibitively expensive. Mm. Like, like they just canceled, I mean, different studio, but they just canceled Westworld before that story was over. Yeah, but and that wasn't doing very well at all. Yeah. Well, Westworld yeah. got really funky after like the second season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, don't, I guess that's just a different story. Yeah. I yeah. don't recall anybody really actively talking about Westworld after the first season, even. Yeah. Um, What's your guys' favorite end? <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I was just trying to abruptly, extremely change the topic. He said, what was our favorite end? Yeah. Hmm. I kind of like the one with the weird mustache. <laughs> he's he's kind of cool. Nice. And I, I like. I mean, I do like that one that, that you mentioned with yeah. the, the, the big branchy beard. But yeah. I, otherwise, I like the ones that have really big, long noses, like just sloping <laughs> down their face. Yeah, that was cool. I, I saw when I saw, I, as soon as I, I like the bushy, the big like twig beard guy, but then I saw like a weeping willow one that was oh. walking, and I was like, oh no, that one. That, I like yeah. that one a lot because it was just like kind of like and just like the big leaves hanging down all over him. Like that's tight. Oh, you tell her. I think I always liked the one that catches on fire because like, <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that one. Just like the placement of it in the screen, it's just like I don't know how to explain it, and I'm being redundant, but it's just like those moments in these big like blockbusters around that time that there's just like a lot of detail going on, mm-hmm. these huge wide shots. And that one runs in the front. And it's just perfectly framed where it's like the attention's drawn. And then he puts his head in, his fiery yeah. head in. And I just feel like me and my sister always thought that was really funny. Yeah, It's it, really good. It kind of gives me, like, uh, I already mentioned Attack of the Clones too much. But it came out the same year. <laughs> came out the same year. And it just kind of feels like that moment when all the Jedi come out with their lightsabers in the arena. Especially, like, he feels like the Kit Fisto of this scene. <laughs> <laughs> Big smiles. <laughs> that goofy character in it where it's just like oh they're like they're a cool soldier but then they're also doing something kind of goofy yeah intentionally a little bit but uh i don't know it's just really it's it's cool the yeah. whole march of the ends is one of my favorite parts yeah. as well yeah. Yeah, like same. i like when he's like the big like call to war and like some of these trees were my friend i knew them yeah. from nuts and acorn that's so sad yeah i was in the, like oh! i was like oh it's so good the ends are going to war <laughs> i think that's so cool yeah it, it really is cool and when they when they open up the river and everything and, mm-hmm. and, and just when they're also just <laughs> they're picking up the the orcs and smashing them yeah all the other orcs you yeah. have one that's just using one as a club <laughs> to bash the other one <laughs> And then when they do set, like, when they, they pull the one down and they all get on it and start, like, chopping it up mm-hmm. um, before, like, Treebeard saves that one. Yeah. Um, like, that part, I, I don't yeah, know. He has to rock over them. Yeah. yeah. always really, like, kinetic image. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just think a lot of those parts just look really cool and I don't know, make me feel something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When when they set the one on fire, when they start shooting the fire arrows, and I, I, I like feel really sad yeah. for mm-hmm. for the end that gets set on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, may, maybe he'll be the one who who's on fire and gets it put out. I, well, yeah. That's what I always he thought. Is. I always yeah. thought it was the he, same. It like is. only one of them caught on fire. I, at first, I'm like, oh, but he's gonna be burned. Like, but he's a tree. Like he'll literally like grow probably back within like the season or something. Or next season, he'll be like green again. Yeah. Plus, it, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. it's just it's just cool to have. I mean, after obviously Saruman's chopped down all the forests and everything, mm-hmm. to see the, the the trees all fight back. Yeah, the true repercussions. And, and then uh, just the yeah, the total devastation of the flat area because it's all flat, so there's nothing to stop all the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's also symbolic of like cleansing and everything, with yeah. the water clearing out all the. The all filth the, uh, of Saruman is washing away. All the pollution, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. right. All the environmental things, mm-hmm. themes, and. Uh, 
and that apparently there was something to that to being like Tolkien wanted the Ents to go and destroy Isengard because he was like disappointed with Hamlet <laughs> or not Hamlet, not Hamlet, Macbeth. Oh right, gosh, because it's like oh you know you'll fall when the forest comes to, to comes to your castle. Yeah, and it, they they come you know with camouflaged with with wood and stuff from the forest and he was like that's kind of like a cop-out it'd yeah, be way like, cooler if the forest like came actually to came them. to them <laughs> and so apparently Tolkien's he was like high on pipe weed one night like <laughs> it'd be way cooler if like yeah. the trees actually if came the trees yeah. like destroyed Macbeth <laughs> and the, the trees destroyed <laughs> Macbeth right. like Macbeth I'm gonna write I'm gonna himself. do that better right <laughs> I like that the trees actively, up. like, yeah. not just the imp, but the trees, like, like, oh, they have business with the orcs, like, oh, they're moving, like, they're all going there, <laughs> <laughs> actively. Um, I mean, the the uh, metaphor or whatever is, like, extremely uh, there, yeah. like, mm-hmm. of environmentalism, but it doesn't feel, um, like, it still feels, like, really effective and everything. It doesn't yeah. feel like it's... Forced. It, it's really on the nose, but it doesn't feel forced or any way, like, it, it's, yeah. it's like a... Per- I don't know. Like, it's probably the most effective environmental message I've seen in a movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not, the it's ends coming to fight. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not it's, hokey. It's, yeah, it's yeah. just like, it just works. It just feels like, yes, this is the true, like, consequence for you burning down the forest. It was like, a wizard should know better. It's like, yeah, you should have, because now all the trees are going to kill you. And then also when the trees kill, kill, yeah. all, the, kill <laughs> all the Urukai later, just like <laughs> bang them all with them another fork. Yeah. <laughs> I tell and you, so there should be just like gore exploding yeah. out of the forest or something. Like all, oh, at the just, end, yeah, yeah. Just, all the orc blood just like sprays out the top. That's what it should have been. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it's like that. They, especially in the extended cuts of the later Hobbit movies, it, he Peter Jackson definitely goes back to being like the splatter. Uh, and it's like, oh, I would have liked if he did a little bit more. In Lord of the Rings, looking back, but obviously that's just not the kind of movie he wanted to make. But that would be great if it's just orc blood spewing into the air, <laughs> making all the trees red and everything. Yeah, because <laughs> they're just annihilated. Orc he blood. <laughs> he probably wanted to maybe keep the like blood. the trees like beautiful and like pristine versus like being tainted and stained with blood. That yeah, kind of that vibe. Makes a lot yeah. more sense. Yeah. And, and right in the Silmarillion, there's something about like how the first. Really, the first age is something like of trees, mm. too, right? Yeah, I've I don't really remember that part of it uh, that well. I think so. I'm pretty sure I mean, there's something where like the first world is like before there's any light, there's trees. Mm. Like part of that is like there's the two huge trees that the yeah, elves basically yeah. get life from, right? And they become poisoned by Morgoth and like that giant ass spider who I forget their name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I think yeah, yeah. yeah. right? Because there's there's the trees first, and those give light, but then they become poisoned. Then like the sun comes out. Which right. I know, it's strange. Um, I know what Dark Souls lived with their whole prologue <laughs> from G's. <laughs> copy of a copy of a copy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But then Elrond's dad, I think, is the one that was chosen to carry the sun, like that uh, Greek god. What's his Helios? Name? Helios, yeah. Slash Apollo. Yeah. Slash Apollo. Yeah. Apollo Ono. <laughs> I remember me and my cousins got a similar debate about them. I said Apollo, they're like, no, Helios did them. Then they kind of looked at them, like, oh, they kind of both did the same thing. Yeah, it's like sometimes they're different names for the same person, and yeah. sometimes they're like, Helios is like, all right, Apollo, it's your turn now. <laughs> He's like, okay. <laughs> Just what, whatever they decide to do. Whoever was believing in whatever at what time. Exactly. <laughs> it's a total rotation. <laughs> and then there's all these. It's just like, I mean, there's always so many redundancies with all those gods. Too. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they do when they're stealing all their gods from each other. So yeah. The copy of the copy. Yeah, right? copy of a copy. Stealing it from each other. Mm-hmm. That story is ours now. <laughs> 
How do y'all feel about Rohan? I love Just, Rohan. Because that's like the main play setting, basically. Like, how would you compare it to... Where would you rank it between, <laughs> I don't know, Rivendell, Gondor, or I guess Minas Tirith? It's uh, a, okay, I mean, look, I wouldn't live in Rohan, but that's, like... That's what I was going to say. Yeah, but it's, it's, I think it's a great set piece. It's like the plains. They're like the Vikings of the open fields. They use their horses and ride around, and it's dramatic and cool. But I wouldn't want to live in Rohan, because it seems like kind of an especially, like, dreary place to live. I mean, all the buildings definitely seem way too flammable, for one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I, I like the thematic, you know, stuff behind Rohan. I like, you know, all the horse... Everything, you know, with, with the horses, the, um, you know, it's all throughout their buildings, their armor, mm-hmm. everything like that. Um, yeah. I like how they keep that horse theme going. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely wouldn't rank them, rank it above Rivendell. I think no. Rivendell is the most amazing location in all of Lord of the Rings. Um, like in, in the fellowship, that scene where they go to Rivendell and you see all the waterfalls, the mountains, and you just see the buildings, that scene is one of the best looking scenes in a movie to date, in my opinion. It's hard to top that for almost any movie to top the gaze of like the view of Rivendell. Yeah. It's, it's just absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Um, and then I love like the, the homely feel of like the Shire. So I, I would put those two above it, but I still think Rohan um, it's not as it's not as grand as like Gondor, um, but I would still put it up there with Gondor just because it's I, I do like the the themes behind it. Um, you know, all, the way they like I said, the way they keep that horse theme throughout basically yeah. all their stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very like in their culture. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it would be um, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the ultimate horse girl town. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, that that that's probably. I'd probably still rank it towards the bottom of the overall lands, but it's but still like it's still really cool. Really cool. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I feel about Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to live there. Yeah, I wouldn't want to live in Metal Gear Solid on Shadow Moses Island. <laughs> what about on the Big Shell? Yeah. Like an oil oil like rig they live on for like Metal Gear Five or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on on Outer Heaven slash uh, Mother Base <laughs> slash Outer Heaven. Heaven. Yeah. Slash not that Outer Heaven, but the <laughs> different one slash Zanzibar Land. Yeah, Zanzibar Land. Here, hold on one sec. <laughs> yeah, Nals is actively snoring. Just hold on. I was gonna try to like just leave a space in here. Yeah. Where like if he was snoring, that I could capture it and layer it over to <laughs> remove his snores if uh, it's an issue. Are you okay. picking it up though, or? I'm not really picking it up now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's really knocked out. Yeah. He's just, he's zonked. Uh, I feel like this is the first time I've ever seen like the meds actually take effect this strongly. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron, where would you put uh, Rohan? Um, well, I'm I'm like in complete agreement. I really like the way that the horse motif shows up in in all their armor and stuff like that. And yeah, even the like they had in sword, I yeah, guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The hilt. I, mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool, and, and the helmet. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, it's uh, like a horse tail, helmet. I guess, <laughs> on top. Well, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so it's like that. That stuff's really cool. Uh, but yeah, the, and and their Viking longhouse style mm-hmm. place, I think, is is also neat, uh, which is a bit strange in the middle of like a bunch of plains, mm-hmm. but. And on a hill, 
<laughs> but it's still ca- it, it's just all together pretty neat but yeah otherwise uh, i don't want to i don't want to be a peasant there they're all carrying all their, their buckets <laughs> of apples <laughs> and they're like old people in a cart you know i'm like and eh, that's that's not the place i want to live but i'd rather be there than osgiliath with their broken <laughs> broken ceilings i think if you're stuff. in osgiliath you're an active soldier more so than anything else why do they want to stay in osgiliath i don't think they want to stay they're just holding a position <laughs> yeah it's just a str- strategic position it's right on the river yeah no um, one can shoot them with arrows because there's some crumbly walls around <laughs> <there>. <laughs> they just they can just lob rocks it's truly the crumbliest place <laughs> that we've seen but it apparently was once a really great city so yeah. it's like i know bormir in that speech he actually like has hopes that they'll rebuild and like make it something yeah, again. We got it back, and then no. Ben Denethor's like, "It's only because your brother lost it. <laughs> he lost yeah. this crappy place. Now look how crappy it got. It's <laughs> He's the like, most like war torn Europe kind of place. Yeah, truly. Yeah. Tyler, what about you? What, how do you uh, rank uh, Rohan? Yeah, it's the same thing. Where it's like, yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to live there. But um, so I, I feel like we're all in the same kind yeah. of. Yeah, it's just like, oh yeah, it seems really cool, and like it's very romantic, like romanticized. Of just like riding through the plains and like mm-hmm. living that like kind of hard life, like that frontier life or something mm-hmm. like that. Just imagine like Viking going life. full speed on a horse through that place. Yeah, that'd be it's so just fun. Like, everyone's <laughs> probably stinky and like I don't want to be around horses that yeah. much. Like horses are cool, but like I don't know. But you get to stink. hang out with Hama and Gambling. <laughs> yeah. And uh, who's <laughs> the old guy, Taylor? Aldor. Yeah, Aldor. <laughs> oh, and don't forget Holith, son of Hama. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you're you're. Crispy, crispy old king, and <laughs> also, also Grima. Uh, Grima Theo Dread, who's Theoden's son who dies. That was my reference in the beginning. Yeah, Theo Dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said MVP well, like an hour ago because I was going to say Grima Wormtongue. Yeah, Grima Wormtongue is your MVP. <laughs> yeah, he's just very, very gross. Did I mean, he shaved his eyebrows for the role. Yeah. So. Did they call him Wormtongue at all? She, uh, someone says, like, your serpent, serpent tongue. Yeah. yeah uh, Right, and someone's I called him a think, worm. Yeah, you know, I think they just call him Grima. I don't think I ever call him Wormtongue in this one. But yeah. I guess he was always called that. Right. Uh, I was I was talking with Holly about yeah. this. Uh-huh. She's like, "What a terrible name to have, Wormtongue." <laughs> it's like everyone just calls him Wormtongue. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's not like actually his name. Um, it's just like a moniker he's been he's gotten and from then, like yeah, just being a sleaze bag. Yeah, right. <laughs> At least Grima is his name, but it's because he was like the spy master or like the yeah. intelligence gatherer for Theoden before but mm-hmm. then he was seduced by Saruman's like power and everything to wow to uh work for Saruman because he wanted because he was a big pervert and he's a nasty man yeah <laughs> big but so pervert that's, that's the worst part about living in in Rohan is that you you go to see the king and you're like the king is all crispy and nasty <laughs> yeah. and, and, then, like, and this really sweaty man yeah. with no eyebrows <laughs> is in charge yeah you keep whispering sad to him. here yeah I don't and like everyone keeps beating me up <laughs> like I'm just like hey What's why are you so crispy? And then a bunch of guys came out and just beat me up and threw me out, <laughs> threw me down on all these stone steps. All I was saying is that the crops don't grow anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I read this t- earlier today, I read this Reddit post where it's just like Mesopotamia life or something like that, mm-hmm. and it was like. <laughs> I don't want to be a farmer. All the hunter gatherers just gather around and say, "Go, wheat boy, go!" Or <laughs> it's like when when farming was first invented. <laughs> go, 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 go. I hate it. It's just like, yeah, that's. What, I feel like that's what being in Rohan would be like. Oh yeah, that makes sense. They're definitely agricultural based. Yeah, but where did they get those apples? There, there weren't any trees around anywhere. That's a really, really good point. They had all these apples. 
Rohan did? Yeah, well, there were all these people carrying apples in their uh, baskets, and oh, they were yeah. like, like, get out of here. We're, we're clearing out the town. They're ground apples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's that, What's the uh, place called that's not Helmsteep, the first place, Taylor? Uh, Edoras. Oh, is it Edoras? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that town, but we all, I think we all said it's like kind of, it seems kind of small for like the capital. Yeah. But they Maybe are on the other side of the ridge, there's a beautiful apple orchard. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's all caves. orange groves. <laughs> as far as the eye can see. <laughs> um, but I feel, Cameron, you had a good point where it's just like, oh, they're like kind of Norse, nomadic, like Viking ish kind of people where they have a bunch of little settlements everywhere. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, I mean, just because of the Viking, the Viking style home and then like, oh yeah, that they're known for their horses. It just seems like at least the kind of thing they're maybe going for is that like, uh, you know, sort of Gallic style tribes where they, they had like a main place, but most of the time they were going place to place and in, invading each other and were like really loosely connected tribes and stuff. Yeah, they could have gotten it based on like a trade or something, those apples or something. Yeah, could so it just be like a valuable commodity. That's why they're taking it at all. Yeah, they're, they're raiders and traders, like <laughs> all those old, old style Vikings. Yeah, raiders and traders. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we haven't talked about Gollum slash Meagle too much. Oh. oh. Really. But it's kind of like half the movie. It really yeah. is. <laughs> And potatoes. <laughs> potatoes. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. And all <laughs> the memes like came from of, those. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was like the be- kind of beginning of meme stuff, too. I mean, you know, before that, too. But the internet's growing as well. YouTube videos of stupid shit. So there was just a lot of Lord of the Rings memes as well, just like anything else. Yeah. Yeah, there were, I mean... Th- Talk of another, I mean, going way back to just what we were talking about, how did we engage with this stuff, was that there were so many, like, Flash cartoons of Lord of the Rings <laughs> oh, that you're I right. used to watch. Yeah, like Flash animation. Yeah. yeah. Like Newgrounds or whatever. Right, Newgrounds or whichever related sites yeah. or sites that mm. was, like, stole it from another site. That would be like, oh, here's, like, Sauron cooking cookies at his home and he's like this is the one cookie recipe to rule them all <laughs> yeah just and like really like, basic yeah. humor stuff that was it's like i used to watch amazing. like the shit out of all those things when i was yeah. like 10 nice <laughs> but uh let's say golem andy circus revelation of course like well amazing snubbed at the academy awards i believe for his role as golem yes uh yeah i mean he definitely wasn't nominated yeah it's the kind of performance that was like first of its kind i mean mm-hmm. no that's not true but i mean it's we, we it, must pay our respects to Jar Jar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it sure. may it may not have been the first of its kind, yeah. but it the is best. still the pinnacle of CG work. Like Andy Serkis is the king of CG. I mean, he's great outside of CG as well. Yeah. If you've mm-hmm. seen him in anything, you know, else that he's, he's been really in. Really good in Andor right now. Um, too, yeah. 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 I haven't seen that yet, but I mean, he's good. He he was good as Ulysses Claw in the MCU. He's. Um, you know, there's there's other things I've seen him in that he's been good, but he is still the king of CG work. W- mm-hmm. You know, between Caesar, Caesar in the Planet of the Apes movies, and you know, Lord of the Rings. Um, I think he also did the CG work for King Kong, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yes, he was oh, Kong. Yeah, um, there's some fun back or behind the scenes stuff where he's just like miming being King Kong. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, like a giant hand in another image, it's like that replicate that <laughs> yeah so i mean because of the way he acts because of because of how he acted that's how they kind of um decided to, to do Gollum the way they did mm. um originally like Gollum was supposed to be more cg than he even was oh but because of the way andy circus kind of acted 
they built, you know, they patterned more of Gollum's like features. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they did more of the mocap and they actually used more of it because of how good Andy Serkis was in the role. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to be fair, his face, like, all respect to Andy Serkis, his face looks like Andy Serkis. Like, they used yeah. his face as a template and then made him look really nasty. Exactly. Like gross, yeah. Um, and, and, they, and they did that mainly because of, the, because of how expressive Andy Serkis was able to get with, like, his eyes and his mouth. Um, when he was doing the different scenes, um, you know, the scene where Gollum and Smeagol are sitting there arguing with each other, you know, that's just an entire scene of Andy Serkis and like CG work. And it's mm -hmm. pure glory. It's amazing. It's inspired. Um, yeah. It still looks so good, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought, like, there's a, maybe an effect here or there in this movie where I'm like, oh, like, it feels a little dated, maybe. But Legolas sliming onto the horse. Yeah, but again, uh, like like I said when we were watching the movie with that with yeah. that one, um, the whole reason you know the whole reason they added that scene of him of Legolas going underneath and around the horse to get onto it is because Orlando Bloom had b broken his ribs earlier that day um, by falling off a horse, so wasn't able to like do the original choreography of just jumping on. Um, so it, it made a cool CG shot. It was, even if it is a little off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just that, yeah, yeah it just, uh, Gollum has, Gollum Spiegel has no right looking that good for being so old. Like there's just so many movies that have come out past even five years that don't look as good. Like it's just, they took so much time and attention to light it right and to compo like do the compositing and. I don't know enough about it, but it just works really well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if like if if you go, if you like like going back to what we I said earlier about the um the special features for Lord of the Rings, like the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies have probably the best DVD special features I've ever seen. They each have eight to ten hours of special features at least mm. um, between commentaries and just like. They have like two, each each movie has like an an hour to at least one to two hours of just talking about how some of the different special effects were made, mm. um, like a lot of a lot of the work that they did on this. Like yeah, they use a lot of CG on Gollum and um, like Treebeard. They use a lot of CG, but they also use a lot of like big, uh, um, an oxymoron, but big miniatures and stuff like mm. that. Um, so like they use a lot of traditional technique film techniques along, along with the CGI to make it look, I mean, almost everything still looks fantastic. That's usually when it works best is when you have practical elements with like miniatures too, and just all yeah. mixed together with the CG. So it's not just all one big like green screen thing. Like, exactly. It always works better that way. Exactly. Um, I remember that just makes me remember. It's like, I got the extended editions. I feel like I saw them before this, but that's when I officially owned them was like, freshman year of college uh they were on sale on amazon or something like the blu-ray set or whatever and it was like 50 bucks and at the time for me it was like that was a lot of money or whatever i'm like i'm gonna spend the 50 bucks on this and then there's like 40 hours of behind the scenes stuff and i just remember like at the time maybe it was sophomore year because i was commuting from like santa clarita to long beach like twice a week just like this long drives and then i would just come home late and like watch something and I just watched so many behind the scenes, like special feature stuff from that. And that like lasted me like half the year just watching all that stuff. Uh, 
yeah, I don't know. <laughs> just yeah. there's just so much content there, and especially because I was going to film school at the time, it was very immersive and like informative for me. Even though I wasn't like directly applying it to anything, it was just like so cool to like see all that stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, if background. if if you're involved, like uh, particularly if, particularly if you're involved in any of the industries, um, you know, rough loosely based around the movies it's really cool like um you know you I mean, I, even if you're not because i mean like it's not like you're doing like direct stuff it, it, yeah exactly but, but it's like you're just but, as a fan like it, you can love it yeah just know? as a fan it's really awesome to see but then like i take um you know they they have some commentary on a program on a software yeah, that they use yeah. called um massive which is how they basically they had their ai for all the urukai um and how they the, all the urukai were controlled like all you know 10,000 urukai on screen how did that work um yeah so basically they had you know this program it's just called massive and they've used it in a lot of movies since then um where it you know you they're able to generate you know like 10,000 different soldiers on the on screen at once um and they they can be each have custom variables setting you know like okay, we want this guy to be this tall, this guy, this guy, this tall, you know, this guy to have this type of armor, et cetera. Wow. Um, so there's, you know, that variance there. And then a lot of it, they did think, you know, like the scene where, um, the scene where the Rohirrim are coming down the causeway, uh, they're, ch- they're charging on their horses at, at the end of Helm's Deep, you know, into the giant, huge 10,000 Urukai when yeah, there's like, that, like 10 of them. Hill. Yeah. So they're running over all those Urukai on the way down the um, causeway, right? So for that, the program actually makes it so that there's like two sides of the causeway and the AI, when they're running up it, if they start moving too far to the left, it'll automatically, it would automatically move more to, to the right. So they would start self-correcting themselves so they don't just run off of the <laughs> um, run off the side uh, and you know it's it's just cool seeing software like that in in play particularly as a software engineer because yeah um stuff like that is not easy to program so it's like a self-correcting program yeah exactly like you know it's 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 like ai path different pathfinding um things like that that it's just just you know a lot of really cool things um that are used in a lot of you know a lot of the times you see that stuff in like games more than in movies. Yeah. So it's really cool seeing how it's applied to this industry as well. Yeah, and I mean it's used I'm sure just on like everything big now. Oh like, yeah, for sure. And I should honestly learn more about it because <laughs> it's just like such an integral part of like filmmaking nowadays, like big budget filmmaking. It's just so much like people just think CG is like visual effects, but there's so much programming and stuff involved as well that it's just not thought of, and it takes dozens, if not hundreds, of people to make these things. Hit, hit the CG button, man! Yeah. It's CG now. CG, on, CG, CG. You get it's like a picture of someone's face. You draw a picture, and now it's a CG face, and they just talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I put over my face with dots on, and we got a movie, baby. <laughs> Do it right now. <laughs> it's just taken for granted for sure, and there's so many like, I don't know, like there's just a lot of yeah. It's like yeah, CG doesn't always look. The greatest. It just depends on how much time people have, money, and like so many different factors. But it's just so easy to like bag on or clown on, and it can be like a really effective shot sometimes. Like the most, sometimes the most effective CG is the stuff that you don't see because it's just built into everything. 
but yeah. it's just kind of like an uh, underappreciated like art form. It's and it's integral to filmmaking. So and I don't know these movies are one of the like trailblazers in that. So with mocap and all all the programming and stuff. So yeah, most definitely. Plus, uh, again, just. I mean, like you said, the best stuff is, is a lot of times the things you're not, you just don't think about it as being like, oh, this looks like some particularly like slimy CG, the way that a lot of other things, yeah, you, like, you just notice yeah. a slimy character. Yeah, like yeah. Sh- our Gandalf should be way more slimy and like Gumby-ish <laughs> when he's fighting the Balrog, but it mm-hmm. all, f- it still feels like he's doing it this super like cool thing, yeah. <laughs> shooting lightning at, or stabbing him with a lightning sword and just all that stuff. It all feels real. It should be way weirder to look at but it's not like they did a really good job <laughs> oh yeah yeah all right <laughs> oh i'm really sorry i'm getting tired yeah. <laughs> it's nine o'clock <laughs> bedtime almost <laughs> hitting two hours on this bad boy almost almost you you want to progress past two hours and give me more work <laughs> gotta keep talking about slimy cg <laughs> about whether uh tolkien like would have liked slimy cg he would have loved it i think I mean, I, th- I think he would have liked to see these things, what, regardless of, like, um, you know, as much as, like, sometimes you could be like, oh, yeah, it's not, like, his his vision or whatever. Um, but but it seems like it would have been something he would have liked to, to see. Yeah, I think he'd be deeply interested in seeing his body of work right, change like and, like... His his <laughs> lifetime of, of working on different things in, in his mythology being like, oh, how did someone else interpret this? Yeah. Um. You know, you mentioned earlier whoever worked on the um, storyboard. What was that guy's name again? Uh, John Howe and Alan Lee. Yeah, right. Like, uh, at least one of those guys. Wasn't he already, like, a, a well-known Lord of the Rings artist? <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, yeah. Oh, wow. That's actually how both of them were hired. Uh-huh, um, yeah. They had both done, you know, illustrations in the books and, you know, in the different art books for years. Um, and Peter Jackson basically was like, hey – I really like this artwork. Let me go find these guys. So they basically tracked him down, hired him on, and they were the art directors for the movie. Yeah, so, you know, just like kind of, I know we already talked about that, but the significance of storyboarding, and but also like getting people who were already like artists for something, that not just, and not to somehow diss storyboard artists or something, mm-hmm. but not people who were just like, oh yeah, they're, they're a storyboard artist that they brought in to do some particular drawing. Yeah. But that they're like, Okay, the people already like this Lord of the Rings artist. Let's get that guy, these guys, um, to to do it for for this. And, and it was kind of like when we were watching the credits, mm-hmm. how there's like a million other credits. Oh yeah, invo- like with all that stuff that's also involving things like the Lord of the Rings fan club, mm-hmm. which was the fan club that was created to f- like get fan feedback on <laughs> on like whether they would like this kind of version of Lord of the Rings. Mm, they're like playtesters for a movie. <laughs> yeah, which um, is cool, but by getting, like, you know, specifically getting these groups of people who they know would be, like, you know, kind of really Rabbit. intense. I mean, kind of uh, superseding all, th- I mean, preceding all these things that people have on, on Twitter and whatever, um, yelling about th- whatever their favorite franchise yeah. is and everything. Angrily blogging. Right, and, and <laughs> being like, uh, that's not canon, this wouldn't be, I mean... It, feel like that was all the discussion about the, the Amazon Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Thing. It's like, this is the canon in my head. This is not what it says in the book, blah, 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 blah. Um, which, you know, whatever. I, I could get those sorts of things, too. But it's like they clearly put in a lot of effort into yeah, these like movies yeah. to make sure that um, 
it was his vision and trying to make sure that there was Tolkien's vision there too and like the fans' visions. There's just so much obvious care from like Peter Jackson and the rest yeah. of the filmmakers involved, like in the writers and everything, and just yeah, so much because he he is adapting like a huge work. It's like one of the most difficult. It's like a momentous task, and it's like comparing it to, I guess George Lucas just didn't even like, you know, he just wanted to mess around yeah. <laughs> in a lot of things with the prequels. He's like, yeah, whatever, I'll do whatever I want. Like, here's this, here's Jar Jar, here's, like, I don't know, Obi-Wan and Yeah, it's just like all this stuff where he's not, like, respectful of his own work in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, but and for that, the only person he has to be accountable for is literally himself. Right, but then, like, yeah. all, all the fans were mad and stuff like that. But well, it's he's like, like, it's mine, screw you. <laughs> Yeah, I understand that, but it's like also like just the care of being like, would an audience like this? Mm, like yeah. you're making a piece of entertainment, and you know I love the Star Wars prequels, yeah. but they're not well regarded for like good reasons in, in some ways. <laughs> I, I'll disagree with some of them, but like mm. other ones, it's like they're they're not wholly entertaining, you know, but. Episode three is a masterpiece. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I didn't say anything about episode three. <laughs> but uh, it's like the Lord of the Rings movies just feel like, like I guess these sequels especially feel so meticulously like tested and like just wanted to make sure everything's right for like the max amount of people to enjoy. It's mm-hmm. like very like uh, multi-generational like entertainment where it's just like anybody can enjoy this. There's like a certain amount of violence that a general audience will like accept. There's a certain amount of humor without it being too like or like cheesy yeah. quote unquote which is a word I hate it's for movies but <laughs> it just kind of like it is tested but it doesn't feel clinical at the same time mm-hmm. right know. yeah it still feels like he's taking risks and still like uh, you know going with what he feels like is the best move for the movie versus like what like a I don't know Toby Toby Jr. thinks in like yeah. Oklahoma Toby or something. Maguire Jr. <laughs> Toby Maguire Jr. thinks in Tugboat Toby Jr. <laughs> Tugboat <The> Toby, <laughs> emo, emo Toby Maguire thinks in Spider-Man Three, the movie that comes out, I believe, later. <laughs> um, uh, yes, but I guess the the, the, the uh, it's a double-edged sword, like anything, because even the uh, this the. the Spooky Swamp, whatever it's called. The Dead Marshes? Yeah, Dead Marshes. The Swamp of Sorrows. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Swamp of Sorrows. Even that, like, I wish it was a little bit more freaky. Yeah. But he really restrains himself. Like, especially seeing his earlier movies, he could be way freakier Mm. with, like, those ghosts. But, like, I remember those ghosts scaring me a lot as a kid. But, like, it was the acceptable amount of scary for me as, like, a Mm 10-year-old. Where it's like, oh, I kind of wish he was, like, more, like, individually artistic about things in these movies sometimes mm-hmm. and he just takes on the whole task it's like yeah it's a little peter jackson here and there like with his like i mean it's definitely his sense of humor and everything but just in terms of being gross <laughs> and gruesome <laughs> like it's not really and i kind of wish it was a little bit more like that for my own sake but they're just generally big entertaining films mm-hmm. so, yeah i don't know i'm basically just ranting at this point <laughs> or uh, just blathering on well so. it's like um you know i heard well read uh, and probably some Tolkien scholar could fight me on this, and I'm no expert, so they can definitely do that. But I had read something about how Tolkien himself, you know, he had been working on, you know, his Lord of the Rings stuff, but not calling it Lord of the Rings, right? But just all his Middle Earth stories, First Age, stuff like that, for like, for so long and sort of throughout his life. But it was only after he had published The Hobbit that he had to start 
mm-hmm. really thinking about, okay, well, what are people then going to, yeah. now that they're going to read it, I can't just like ch- back change things. I can't mm. change things. Although he still did. Like, <laughs> he back changes, he back changes Gollum yeah. into not being like a swamp monster <laughs> <laughs> and mm, that to eggs. make it so that <laughs> Bilbo like steals the ring instead of just like, he just like plays a game for it. I think originally. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he um, plays the game. Yeah, and he's he's just like, oh well, Bilbo lied about that. Uh, you know, he like wrote in that the story, into the, yeah. the, the mythos. I mean, he still has the riddles. Yeah, riddles in the dark. So it's but it's <laughs> like, um, you know, that he also, when thinking of even his own mythology, had to start thinking, well, how is this going to be consistent with my other works, and like, what is going to be something people want to read? Which is also, I think, why the Silmarillion wasn't published by him right <laughs> yeah i mean it published after he died i think there's like yeah the lords of purin and stuff too which I think children of purin children and, and then there's like baron and luthien there's yeah i mean a bu- bunch of stories basically based on the Silmarillion or cut from the Silmarillion. yeah mm. well i think in baron and luthien was like also one of the original things he worked on for the longest time like uh, a lot of poems and stuff like that about yeah that. And like Tim Tim Miranda or something like that. There's some other story. It's kind of yeah. I guess it's at the point in the franchise where they're they're trying to expand it by doing whatever they can now with like the TV show because it's profitable. I guess that's probably the main impetus. But like yeah. just telling more stories in in Middle Earth, it's getting to the point where it's just like okay, how do we keep growing this? Both where we're just coloring in corners here and there, mm-hmm. but then we're like we're running out of stuff. I feel like yeah. I, there's plenty of stuff to still tell, but it just feels like kind of like, yeah, like appendix kind of appendices kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. well, yeah, and that's why I'm um, like uh, months ago when, when I was on here for the Animatrix, I said that, the uh, you know, a Lord of the Rings Animatrix kind of thing w- would be good just because there are a lot of stories yes. to tell. And mm. you could, without having to commit too much like mythos stuff, you could just explore little bits of it without having to be like, oh, yeah, that is definitely the way. Morgoth is, or something like that. Mm. You yeah. can just have people fighting orcs and stuff like that, or just like, or just like the creation of Shelob and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, like or just like people fighting against monsters and and escaping and seeing like the cost of living <laughs> living in Middle Earth. Sometimes yeah. that'd be cool. I think um, the Rings of Power actually does a, a pretty decent job at doing that, just showing normal people and having like one orc show up, and everyone's mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god! Like, what the heck are we supposed to do? Like, this is really scary and stuff." <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean they're not doing that, but they are doing an anime movie about like the Rohirrim that's supposed right. to come out in twenty twenty four, and yeah. I'm really excited for that. Um, yeah, I think they should branch out Lord of the Rings like that. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if they, since they're going to keep cutting up the Silmarillion to different bits <laughs> stories, you know, it's they, they clearly want want something. Um, you know, no, we, no one has to call it like super canon or whatever. Yeah, they could just have the stories. Mm. Yeah. Just like the they rings, have, what if? Just like they have the go. games, and yeah, you know. and it's re- and it's really simple. If you if you don't like it, just don't watch it. Well, I mean, it's just no, ag- I have to have an opinion on it. <laughs> just I need ignore to hear that that's part of that story or whatever, because yeah. it's just like exactly. It's, it's like you don't have to think Celebrimbor like made the rings, and, like, <laughs> but I love Celebrimbor. <laughs> turned into a ghost and like possessed a <laughs> dude so that he could like kill. To like Sauron. fight Sauron but not kill him, but it, like distracted Sauron from looking at Frodo. So yeah. we're so talking about the one of the Lord of the Rings video games. I'm so actively going about. to play this now. <laughs> <laughs> like that game is it's fun, and, and then all the the orcs have like overly British. Is this Shadows of really Mordor? Funny. The Shadows of War uh, and Shadows of Mordor. I don't know. I, which I only played Shadows of Mordor, which was the first. Shadow one. of War is really good. It really like 
pole vaults the whole like nemesis system and it gets really really i again the gameplay is so fun the orcs are really funny in it oh yeah i like i like them because they're just like oi what what you up to doing (laughs) so you're that ranger i've been here so much about (laughs) it's really like you never expected it be me again (laughs) it's oliver twist you thought you killed me the last time And here he comes with like one arm and like yeah, his face like mangled. He's like, "Oh, you thought you killed me, but now I've got a crossbow for me arm, (laughs) (laughs) and now you can't stun me either." In it, (laughs) can't be dominated either, (laughs) can I? Anyways, they should turn that into a movie. (laughs) But but yeah, it's just like you don't have to go and be like, um, yeah, behind the scenes, the orcs all are a bunch of like Cockney rhyming slang dudes. you can just, yeah, I mean, you can just be like, yeah. it's still like that, and this is cool, or whatever, and be like, that's fun. Uh, you don't have to go and be like, man, they sure ruined it by Kella Brimbor making the rings. Yeah. Like, now I can't watch the Lord of the Rings movies or <laughs> enjoy the book anymore because Kella Brimbor made the rings. It, and it annoys to, me. Yeah, it can, like, <laughs> it annoys me. It could bring, like, there's a lot of changes in this movie from, like, that I think both Taylor and you, Cameron, were, were talking about. Where it's like, oh, like, this didn't happen in the books. Like, this changed. Like, Haldir was never at helms deep the elves never showed mm-hmm. up some other stuff was different um but it makes for a better movie that way yeah. like aragorn wanted to be king already yeah it's like oh it makes yeah. more sense it's more it's more engaging as a as a cinematic story of just like or it's just storytelling that he's more reluctant and everything and mm-hmm. so it's like yeah these movies aren't totally faithful but you need to be faithful enough where it still feels like what you want it to be and these movies do such a great job at feeling like what lord of the Rings should be yeah i mean they capture the they capture the essence of the story they capture the essence of middle earth but it's and they have bombadil you know yeah they have a well they have enough of the details and they take out the things like as great as tom bombadil is as a character and he really (laughs) really need to be he he really is great yeah but even when you're reading the book his his chapters the chapters with him in it are kind of like okay, where is this going? Mm-hmm. Like, they're not needed as part of that specific story, but it's great for the overall world building. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think make- that's what Tolkien just did great. He built he built the entire mythology better than anything. Yeah. Yes, I think, sir. I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that, that sums it up. That I, mean, sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's just so much more we could talk about this movie, but I guess we've been talking for like two hours and I think we hit a lot of like really good points and mm-hmm. the whole Tolkien Lord of the Rings track on yeah on all this talking about video games and yeah I don't know it was a lot of fun to watch this movie with you guys yeah it was a blast yeah, yeah for sure been like an eight hour experience <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we don't get to see each other that much anymore so it's really nice nope. to mm-hmm. see some to watch something that we all kind of gravitated around when we were like eight years old <laughs> ten, eight to ten or whatever you know so I don't know do you uh, do you have any final thoughts and what's one thing that you really want to talk like what's your favorite thing in this movie so final thoughts and like not your favorite thing but like what's one scene in this movie or just a little weird tidbit favorite tidbit yeah let's <laughs> here i'll go first to my like for instance my favorite tidbit is this sounds weird never mind <laughs> Well, no, no, we got to hear your favorite tidbit. tidbit. My favorite tidbit is when, uh, to explain a tidbit, <laughs> such as when a Rohan soldier gets hit by an entire ballista oh, yeah. <laughs> arrow thing. Okay. <laughs> What's your favorite weird little thing in this that feels very Lord of the Rings? That mm. feels really Lord of the Rings. Um, I mean, 
<laughs> my my favorite bit is is, is Legolas uh, just totally choking at being able to shoot <laughs> shoot the Urukai with the, yeah. the torch. Yeah, I guess it doesn't um, feel Lord of the Rings, but just yeah, like goofy right. moment that's it's, fun. Yeah, it's one of those things that it's just like, man, that guy can shoot. He, what can your elf eyes see? He sees like five miles away. Can you sh- see that, Legolas? <laughs> e- even that other guy. Um, what's the guy's name again? Who shoots, <laughs> shoots the Arnor or whatever. Aldor? Yeah. <laughs> Aldor shoots one of those guys, like, right in the neck from, like, also, like, five miles yeah, away. Yeah, he's a really good yeah. shot, actually. Um, he and did it on accident. Yeah, and... Lucky shot. Legolas, and Legolas is killing a bunch of guys, apparently not as many, because he's only killed, like, 42. Yeah. Um, <coughs> But Sorry. then, uh, he, yeah, he just he, he can't manage to just hit that guy. I know this is just, this is also just, like, a meme, but it is funny because it's, <laughs> because it's like, a meme. Yeah. It's like, why I mean, can't it's very memeable, yeah. 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 I also just like that you're saying that Aldor just is taking down all the Earth. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you've seen <laughs> that, you've seen that video, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah, like a YouTube where, video. Yeah, huh? right, where it's just, like, guy kills everybody, and it just is every, like, death in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I love that video. Taylor? Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think one thing I really liked was the scene, um, at the end of Helm's Deep with Gimli and Legolas, where they're, like, <laughs> it's extended edition only, I think. Mm, yeah, um, I think so. Where they're talking, Gimli's sitting on the dead Uruk guy, and he's like, oh, yeah, I have 43... And then Legolas sh- shoots the dead Uruk guy again and is like, it twitched. Right, right between Gimli's crotch, <laughs> yeah, too. Right, right between his crotch, crotch. It's like, dang, it's a good thing you have a good aim, Legolas. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, up. just... He's like, it's because my axe is in his nervous system. I just, I, I love the development of the relationship between those two characters mm. as these movies go on. Also, I feel like playing those games, I, w- I always played as Gimli. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I always you, associate you with dwarfs. Yeah, you, you, you always play dwarfs in yeah. everything. I don't know why. They're just really relatable. <laughs> just kind of, like, grumpy, but, like, really, like, loyal. Yeah. But also, like, they really value friendship over anything, and they also have big axes, and they're angry. <laughs> yeah, so they're I don't know. That's oh, what about their greedy? They're so greedy. Oh, greedy yeah. dwarves. <laughs> Dragon madness. <laughs> Uh, one of my favorites is uh, I don't I don't I don't know why I always gravitate towards this moment, but it's when a tree beard's like we have reached a decision. You two are not orcs. I love that part so much. It's They're really just like good time, what? Well, <laughs> well, that's good news. Yeah. It's like you already knew that. <laughs> we have decided to talk about uh, this yeah, for like, an hour and are, a half. Yeah, you yeah. two are not orcs. <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna change mine. I, I also like it when they're when they're just smoking all that uh, pipe weed. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> nice. and then Tree Bird looks and he's like, "Hey, what's going on here?" Yeah, it's like a smoke, hall monitor smoke, or something. Yeah. Dead leaves and all. <laughs> um, yeah. Where would you guys rank these? That's the last thing. Final thought. Where would you rank Two Towers amongst the three movies? Uh, I mean, it. It's probably at the bottom, not not yeah. because I don't don't like it, but mm. I mean the reasons that kind of are already said that the yeah. f- the first one's really serious, um, the last one is like really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, Two Towers has kind of a lot of ups ups and downs in terms of like sometimes it's really exciting. Yeah, mm. um, it has like a lot of work to do. Yeah, sometimes they're just standing around talking for a while, or it just like keeps cutting between the different groups and nothing seems to like happen in between. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's just like a lot of that. Uh, But 
that doesn't really make me go like, man, I don't like that. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, it feels it feels long and mm -hmm. um, the 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 but it's not as long as the last one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for for me, it's really really hard to rank these movies because yeah. um, there's thing. I mean, there I I love all three of them so much, but like like this one, I think some of it. I like less than Fellowship, and some of it I like less than Return of the King. But then, like, the Battle of Helm's Deep, to me, is the best fight scene in any of the three movies. Uh, yeah. Um, in terms of, like, big battles. Yeah. yeah. So, I just think, for me, it's too hard to really give give it a true ranking as an overall movie, just because there's different aspects of it that I like more than the other ones, and other aspects that I like a little less. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's because it's telling two parallel stories too. Exactly. Yeah. this up. And Tyler, we're keeping ours a secret until yeah, the my, last one, right? Yeah, my my Ooh. thoughts are behind a paywall. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you can pay nine ninety nine here <laughs> <laughs> for Tyler's nine ninety nine in Lord of the Rings money. Well, can't uh, you tell us in Sindarin? Yeah, <laughs> Sindarin. Melon. Quenya. Quenya. Tyler just said friend. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just kidding, there's no paywall. But you'll find mm. out at mm. the end of Return of the King, Ian mm. Connery's rankings. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, it's going to be really unexpected. You're going to be shocked. Uh, this episode was sponsored by uh, Rohirrim Horse Stables. Oh, if you have a horse and a place you need to put him, Rohirrim Stables. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that place got destroyed. Well, <laughs> don't <laughs> shit. <laughs> We thought we had a sponsor for once. Somebody please sponsor us. <laughs> Remember that segment? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to bring it back. Well, thank you guys so much for, for joining and watching the movie and uh, ordering second breakfast with us. <laughs> what about third breakfast? <laughs> we don't have what about Eleven, Yeah. <laughs> um, Cameron, do you have anything to plug before we go? Um, the, the only thing I ever have to plug, which is to, to keep reading comic books. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I always love reading comic books. So I want other people to read comic books. Uh, you can call them comic books. You can call them graphic novels. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Um, <laughs> call them funny books. Them. But uh, you know, don't 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 treat them with uh, no respect. Like yeah. they, 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 no respect. Respect yeah. the medium. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's good. It's different from r just novel reading, but mm -hmm. it is good. And as as an educator, I'm always trying to push them on. But <laughs> uh, still, a lot of people are resistant to the idea, even though I do see them taught more in schools, which I do yeah. really like. My cousin Case, she's a teacher, and she actively is starting to put more graphic novels on, like the reading list and stuff that kids can choose from. Yeah. It's fantastic. There's yeah. just so many good ones out there, um, and not just like adaptations of classics either. But mm -hmm. some adaptations of classics are also pretty good too. Yeah, I feel like there's always been like not always, but like there's like the first wave of like oh like being recognized in education stuff where there's like Persepolis and like Mouse. Yeah. Yes. And now I feel like it's finally, which are uh, are are great, but. They're finally branching out to more graphic novels. Well, it's like, yeah, it's like why well, you had to call them graphic novels yeah. instead of comic books because it's like, oh, comic books, well, that's a kid thing. Yeah, it's like graphic novels. Have you read Fun Home? <laughs> read the Flintstones comic. It's really fun. It <laughs> is the fun. The Flintstones <laughs> comic is fantastic. Snagglepuss <laughs> Exit Stage Lorraine is really good, that's too. Good too yeah. <laughs> not, not quite as good as the Flintstones one, but yeah, that, it's that, that good. Flintstones yeah. good. one was freaking special <laughs> yeah uh, that one made my heart hurt a couple times yeah, it's really good and, and then yeah so i'll plug the flintstones comic uh, <laughs> that dc put out or whatever yeah, yeah i DC. think it was dc yeah <laughs> it was good uh, uh what do you have to plug taylor i mean 
pretty much same thing. You know, big comic book fan as well. Um, <laughs> so keep Star reading comics. comics. Well, yes, <laughs> read read Star Wars comics. Um, I guess other than that, you know, like I said at the beginning, I'm a big mi- miniature. You know, I really like miniature war games. War, you know, Warhammer, Middle Earth strategy battle game, Star Wars Legion, mm-hmm. all these games. You know, so give them a try. Really, yeah, give them a try. Fun, fun games to play. Fun games. To, you know, if you have any artistic side at all, that's always fun too. Our buddy, our buddy Joseph actively plays a uh, Star oh, yeah. Wars uh, Legion. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think he has a whole like clone army and a Wookiee team too. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Joseph yeah. Horn's really good at painting those little models, and I was never good at it. Just saying, I lack the patience for it. I he like tried to sit me down yeah. and teach me. I was like, I, I can't. <laughs> As Taylor was telling me earlier, we all went to uh, what, what was it called? Games Workshop. Games Day. Games Day, like I don't know, like almost ten years ago or something. Longer than that. Yeah, I think definitely. it was like when we were in junior high. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we had to paint models, and I was yeah. just painting Taylor's hand instead. <laughs> 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 I don't even remember that, but that makes sense. <laughs> That was really fun. Yeah. Oh, no, good good times. That's cool. Connor, what do you have to plug? If you enjoy the sound of my voice and you'll enjoy tabletop role-playing games, probably enjoy Starship Impala. It's an actual role-playing game podcast where me and four other friends play the Starfinder game. You can find us on the Apple Podcast app or on SoundCloud. Tyler, what do you have to plug? Uh, follow me on Instagram at Tammy Vice and I guess Twitter for now. Yeah, until that burns to the ground. Becoming no. Hellscape. No. no. <laughs> Cameron, you're still on there. Yeah, no, I said, oh, I'm just saying, oh, no. Oh, oh no. Like, uh, yeah. Is it, when this comes out, is there going to be a Twitter or is it going to be a... Well, I think there will be a Twitter, but it's just becoming worse and worse. Right, it's just going to yeah. be... It's really just not... <laughs> I just don't like it there. It'll just be commentary about Twitter, just as, just like it is right now. Really meta. Or, or, or just angry rants. All I see on Twitter is people complaining about Twitter. Twitter now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As past and future guest Jefferson Fugit texted me this morning, you're going to have to start t- putting QAnon conspiracies into your podcast. Oh, no. To build your Twitter audience oh, now. Oh, God. And I said, don't worry, we're moving to Texas pretty soon. So. <laughs> no, thank you. And we could bring in some other good conspiracies. I like this. Yeah. Like I'm a to be truther, as I said. To be truther. Yeah, follow me on Instagram for photo, shoot, photo shoots that I've been doing or just taking photos. Uh, I don't know. Been doing more film. He's one of the um, best. <laughs> uh, follow us at Franchise Pod on all social media platforms. Including yes, all Twitter. of them. We're even on True Social. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. What about Mastodon? Oh, uh, not Mastodon yet. I've yet to figure that out. Yeah. Um, yeah, follow us on Instagram. Uh, we have a TikTok that maybe I'll engage with more now. That'd be fun. Uh, email us at thefranchisepodcast at gmail.com for any uh, comments, questions, anything that you want to say to us yeah hopefully something positive help us uh grow we'll the show we'll delete it if it's not positive yeah i'll, ne- I'll well, forward me the negative stuff i want to get some yeah. negative feedback <laughs> yeah. you want negative feedback cameron yeah. you suck cameron about There's us your negative feedback yeah, yeah you know if it's about you, you could forward it to me too. <laughs> <laughs> you can replace your names with cameron oh my god Cameron is worst podcast. <laughs> Don't let Cameron back on. Don't listen to Cameron. It just feeds you to be on more. Uh, I heard what you all said about me. Like, share, and subscribe to the show. It'll help us grow. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, Grayson Hands, for our artwork and Nick Viverka for our music. And until next time, the Battle of Helm's Deep is over. The battle for Middle Earth is about to begin. Wait, sing Gollum's song. Where once was light, now darkness falls. Where once was love, love is no more. Don't say goodbye.
Don't say I didn't try. These tears you cry. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>